I don't care if you've been trying to just hunker down for the Rona all night. If you up, smash that like button. Welcome to the Black of the Black Times Infinity. I'm your host, Cthulhu's Prodigy, coming to you live and direct from the stack. Smoke me out, fam, with that dang shit on my left blue. I want to walk around with my dick out, but I have to wear clothes, just like you need to wear a mask. God damn. On my far right, engineering on the ones and twos, talk people out on three and sports chronos. How, how can I follow that? I mean, he's <laughs> talking about just dick swinging and mask. What? All right. So this, this immediately got demonetized. <laughs> it's all good, though. They all get demonetized, most of them, so it doesn't matter. Go ahead. <laughs> In the middle, we got uh, Stitch. If you like ketchup on your well-done steak, you probably like Squall Abbey, too. Oh, oh, look at this guy. We're about to get in an argument. Boo this man. <laughs> yeah, boo this man. Uh, last but not least, we got the oldest ninja in the world, old ninja. Your mistress says, swole lives matter. Oh, hell yes. Yes. Swole lives do yes. matter. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So, okay. listen of the week. I guess we're just going to do this uh, in the actual correct order this time because we keep messing it up. Uh, listener of the week would be uh, you're my brother. Listen a bunch of times, so it's not my brother. That's the actual person's username. So that, I was that, about to ask. That's confusing, isn't it? <laughs> my brother, like what? My brother, my brother listens on. My brother Wait, listens on. Go ahead. Brother man from the fifth floor. I, I, maybe I don't know. <laughs> But my brother listens on iTunes, which is a terrible, terrible thing to listen on anything on because Apple's a terrible product. Line, so just just stop it. Get something else. And that's why I can't see when he listens. I can only see when somebody listens on SoundCloud. I can see their actual username. Um, first in the chat would be nobody yet that I can see, but sometimes I have to refresh, so let me see. I can't tell. It's taking a lot of refresh. Yep, nobody yet. There's one person they haven't commented, so wait on... Oh, come on now, Blue. <laughs> Alright, we got any RPs? Yep. So, we're going to be pouring out some St. Ives for uh, Nick uh, Cordero. So this story is kind of messed up. So, Broadway actor and TV actor Nick Corrado has died due to complications of COVID-19. Uh, Corrado was uh, he was a guest star in Line Order, SVU, Lily Hammer, and Blue Bloods. Uh, he was also his stage work also includes the Toxic Adventure, the Toxic Avenger, Waitress, and a Bronx Tale. Uh, as we reported back in April, uh, Cordero had to lose his leg due to complications of COVID nineteen on April April eighteenth. On May first, he had a major he had major lung damage. And then on July 5th, he passed away after being in the hospital for 95 days. He was 41. That shit slowly killed him. That's fucked up. And and he lost his leg. That's all bad. Next up, we have... uh, I'm going to mess this up, but Nino uh, Marison. Maricon. That's that's all right. It's not a curse word. Uh You you can't can't say that. I mean, you can, but Jesus, man. Uh, oh, last name spelled, his last name spelled M-O-R-R-I-C-O-N-E. Uh, Italian composer and trumpet player. Uh, he passed away at the age of 91. Uh, he's composed films such as The Good, The Bad, The Ugly, The Thing, The Untouchables, and The Hateful Eight. Uh, one of his most famous pieces of work is The Ecstasy of Gold, which has been played in the opening scenes of Jackass Number 2. It's also, uh, I guess... 
Metallica. Yes, it is. Instrumental version of it. Say, no, 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 no. It's what they play before they come out. This is how you know to get the fuck to so, the stage because they start playing that song. So that too, this. but there's all they did that as well. But there's also in addition to an instrumental cover that they did with minimal lyrics performed by James Hetfield. Oh yeah, uh, I'm sure. But the the things that happen though is like so Metallica usually plays late at night like on all their shows. I think it's like their thing. But they'll start playing the original version of Ecstasy of Gold, mm-hmm. and, that, and that's how you know uh, that they're about to come out. Uh, so uh, Marcon, he started as a jazz. He started in jazz band as a trumpet player, and then he went on to writing music for a western film in the U.S. Uh, his music composition spanned from 1970 up until 2020. He's been nominated for nine for Grammy nine times. He's won one Academy Award for The Hateful Eight. He scored over 200 films and TV projects. He died to due to injuries caused by a fall. He was 91. Didn't he do? Didn't he do the spaghetti? The classic spaghetti yeah, western. Yeah. The classic spaghetti western one. Most of them, yes. And I, d- I didn't list them all because there's too many. There's literally yeah, like, the, like, like the most iconic one. The most iconic one is like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Which is in the good. Than, than this Metallica stuff. In my opinion. Well, no. Th- I mean, have, you, have you heard actually? Have you heard actually of gold? Actually of gold. Yeah, that's, it's pretty no, iconic. It's featured, too. In, it's featured in Jackass Part Two. Like I, I, know, I don't, I don't watch Jackass. Well, no. I mean, it was in old uh, westerns too, though. It's like the. But it, it's in countless movies, actually. Yeah. Some numerous films. It, it, if I played it for you, you would probably know it. I can't play it on. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just but the, spaghetti, the spaghetti western is like, you know, when you're in trouble, your mom walk in the room with a belt, and all you hear is. Can you guys hear? I thought you know you were in trouble. I'll see if I can play it for like a couple of seconds. Um, Not that it'll matter on this podcast because we're probably not going to monetize it. But um, yeah, I didn't list. I didn't list like all of his stuff. He has like a mountain of work. I mean, to give you a little bit more, he scored the professional Exorcist. um, Damn. Or Exorcist Part Two, I should say. Um, Ripley's Game, Bullworth. I mean, his the list goes on and on. Good shit. Oh, one, one second. Nobody talk real quick because I can't. Hold on a second. You got to be muted for a second. Just give me one sec. Sorry. All right. Now you guys can talk. Have you heard this song before? Can you hear this? Yeah. Yeah. This is actually of gold. I don't think I've heard it before. Yeah. Yeah. Most people I, know I, this song. I, I'm going to still say spaghetti over that one. In yeah. terms of in terms of fame. Alright. <laughs> but that's all good. What's it called um, again? Ecstasy of Gold. Yeah, it's, it's from the, the, the Good Bag the 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 of Gold. It's from the Good Bag in the Ugly, yeah. Stitch. I know yes. I need to know something. Why are you sending these stank ass dick pics to Neil Druckmann and yeah. fucking Naughty Dog? What is going on with your hatred? Why are you one of these incels that's no. actually trying to uh, roast The Last of Us 2? What is, what is going on with your swole Abby hate? You, you better check your receipts because I have no issues with the creator of the game, the voice actor of the game, or the, the entire story itself. Uh, I am able to separate reality from storyland and not go after people with hateful tweets and death threats. Unlike people of your ilk that chose to attack people like 
like uh, Brie Larson for oh. seeing Oscar winner, hundred million dollar actress. No, uh, I, I can, a billion I, dollar film. Yeah, I can I can sit back and just enjoy. I like I said before last week, Last of Us was an amazing, amazing game. I get it, gave it in in the elite cal- uh, category of nine point five to ten. Mm. I just was all about Team Abby. I mean, Team Ellie over Team Abby. No, you, right. you said it right the first time. See, you said it right. I'm sorry. Team Abby. I'm sorry. I was trying to think about... I, I'm sorry. I was just fantasizing about killing... Fant- fantasizing about them soul-ass arms. It's all good. We get it. The Freudian slip. Uh, you sw- wasn't swole enough to get off that pole, though. See, I couldn't say that. I couldn't say that because you hadn't beat it yet. Whatever. Oh, damn. But, and apparently, uh, incels, not... Not myself. Uh, mm. Decided to to get on the Twitterverse and decide to uh, spread their hate and uh, just wrath towards the voice actor, actors, actresses, the story creators for The Last of Us because they just were not about how the story played out with me uh, and Joel and everything. Um, I know we we played the game and all of us on here have beat it, so we're gonna go. Both spoilers if you haven't beaten The Last of Us, but um, essentially, people were just mad about how the story played out. They loved Joel from the first epi- uh, from the first game. Same thing with Ellie, and they felt a real bond with that that connection. But they don't know how to separate reality from a fantasy story, a fictional story, and decided to just go after and. and throw death threats at people on the internet and it's, it's sad and it's embarrassing and you need to just get your people in check prodigy <laughs> so 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 you love so it sounds like you love abby swole abby now abby abby won't swole last we saw her she was a, a frail bitch on a pole that's what we last saw her as damn it she's still like she's still on arms bigger so much she's still on arms bigger than the past <laughs> he hates her so much because of joel as most people do yeah. Well, yeah, no, I mean, listen. Because don't. There are okay. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Go ahead. Let, let's let, let's set the fucking record straight on this. And obviously, full spoilers and everything. Oh, boy, here we go. Joel killed, at least to our knowledge, because we don't know if what what happened in Santa Barbara is even legit quite yet. Joel seemed to kill pretty much every single known living firefly, with the exception of Owen and Abby. So I w- I rather clarify that to say that Joel killed pretty much the entire Firefly camp in Boston. Yeah. Because no, they were in Utah. Well, they were in Utah for the for the ho- for the hospitals in Utah. Oh. Was it the, oh, okay? Yeah. They, so they started in Boston, went to Utah. So all the Fireflies that were there at the Utah camp outlet was literally eviscerated. By yeah. a single man, and that was Joel. But he did not. I don't believe he wiped. He obviously didn't wipe out the entire Fireflies at all. Well, it, it, hold on. Abby and and maybe Owen. It seems like, although Owen has his own issues, are certainly searching in part two for the remaining Fireflies. I think we're True. all on the same page with that. The last we've seen in game of said Fireflies, pretty much, was that hospital. Yeah. That's all that we see. That's all that we're given. But we also know that there, there was some station in Santa Barbara, and we don't know how long they were there because it's years later from the last one. We don't even know if that's all, fake. 
we don't, but we do know that there was obviously a series of networks. Somehow Owen found out about it, and it looks like there was there was a base. The base was empty, and there was like codes, Firefly codes that Abby recognized. But, so oh, there was we, some we kind of down, network. We going down a rabbit hole. All I'm trying to say is Joel brought the violence to the Fireflies. Yeah. Yes, he did. It's a violent world. It's a violent world. <laughs> but but you can't forgive Abby's violence. Revenge. She it don't matter. Revenge. She's part of the game. Killing babies. Abby. Killing babies is part killing of the game. Babies. Yeah. It's part of the game. <laughs> Abby spent four years on a quest for revenge. Ellie spent three days. Well, initially three days, and then possibly two more years on top of that. Or more. To get basically caught up. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be Team Swole Abby. I mean, she was somebody that was actually rational in her decisions. She didn't seek revenge beyond the person that did wrong to her life. Mm-hmm. She didn't threaten... She didn't kill a pregnant person. She didn't threaten... A kid that was knocked out to get somebody to fight, you know. I mean, Ellie fucked up, and this is this is actually one of the legit criticisms that I can understand um, from some of the fans. But it's not enough for me to like give it less than a ten. Uh, yeah, and is that the story? Um, I think it made people uncomfortable with the story because it kind of oh, went yeah. away from what they were kind of expecting. But I like that aspect that they went in a direction. To, that I didn't expect. Like, the fact that I was playing as a fucking bad guy, you know, for, like, half the goddamn game, I didn't expect that. And mm-hmm. the way they did it was really cool. I, I guess, you know, some people were saying, oh, you know, I guess, you know, Abby and Ellie should have teamed up, and then later on in the story, then, you know, they could have, like, gotten come to blows. But I'm just like, mm, no, I like the way they did it. I, I like the yeah. way they did it. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I think a lot of people didn't like the path that Ellie was set on because they said that she was too far removed from her character in uh, part one. But I'm like, I'm looking at it like, well, when she was like 14 in the original one, now she's like 19 or 20, maybe 21 even. And, and she did a lot of killing in that time. I mean, she even talks about the techniques that Joel has taught her w- with interrogation. And she just does it off the cuff. She just doesn't care. Yeah. Uh, it was like nothing to her. And she was willing to do it on a whim. And with growing up with that kind of violence, she, her path of vengeance was literally just like tunnel vision. And like Cronus uh, well, was talking about, Abby kind of was like that, but she was able to reel it, scale it back a little bit. She was able to reel it in. Well, literally... In the first one, she starts on that path because she kills this cannibal rapist dude and bludgeons him pretty much. Yeah, he pretty much bludgeons him to death. So we've seen the beginning footsteps towards this progression of of violence just because of of everything that's been put in front of Abby. I mean, sorry, Ellie and what she's experienced. Got so Abby on the brain. Whatever. But it's we've already we've seen so I don't I don't understand how people are kind of surprised by oh Ellie is too violent or anything that doesn't I don't buy that that criticism if people are saying that it's like they weren't paying attention to the first one or forgot it because there, there's a lot of violent shit that goes down that even though you're playing as Joel 
Ellie is right there at your side witnessing you stabbing people in the neck the entire time. And she's she's fucking up people also. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of the stuff that I don't understand. I was actually I was showing this to um the Oathbreaker. Like there's people that were hating on it because they felt like there was too much LGBTQ plus agenda. They're trying to appease this. People were saying that Anna Sarkeesian uh, was part of the development, which is not true by Neil Druckmann himself. Anita. He posted it out that she had nothing to do with the game. Um, people were saying that uh, they're basically complaining that there's a trans character in the game. Is that none of that's like really important? They're saying the story just went off the rails. They just didn't like the direction about Joel. And I'm like, Joel, you, you literally see Joel in the beginning of the game for very few, very few minutes. And when you play as Ellie and see him in flashbacks, he's not doing violent shit. He's doing father-daughter stuff, which I thought was great. But a lot of people, they just had these issues, what I think, with people's orientation and what they thought was some kind of hidden agenda, which I feel none of that was true. Yeah, I, you, you said it, old digit. That's... I, I, here's the thing for me, like, Naughty Dog made the game that they wanted to make, and if we're honest, when those leaks dropped, some people started hating immediately. Some mm. of the leaked shit was bullshit, and, and wasn't even true and in the games. A few things were, but some people just started hating right off the bat from the leaks themselves. That's why you saw literally an hour after the game dropped, you know, uh, this, you know, camp, uh, this consorted campaign to uh, review bonnet and everything, even with people who you know could not have physically completed the game or even gotten very, even gotten halfway through. Well, yeah, that's why I, th but, I think that they need to do with like Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes. They need to do a better job with like editing their user reviews. And y'all want to talk about free speech, all that? I don't, I don't really give a fuck at this point. You can't call free speech when it comes to a private company, okay? If you're out there talking mm -hmm. nonsense of a game you didn't play, obviously didn't play, and you just leave like a you know a zero star review with like no actual critique of the game or like nonsense critique of the game, then it needs to be nullified. Like that that review, um, obviously it didn't affect their sales, thank goodness. But no, it's just, no, it's fastest growing, fastest selling a uh, PlayStation Four exclusive. Yeah, yeah, but 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 the, but the fact that these trolls can like review bomb a game like this, uh, it shouldn't be possible. You know, like there needs to be uh, steps taken to um, to stop this sort of bullshit mob behavior. Yeah. yeah. For, for example, just to put like a, a bow on it, on Friday, that first Friday that it was out, it had way lower user reviews than Mass Effect Andromeda, than uh, uh, Fallout 76, you know, mm -hmm. than Evolve. Than some games that we all kind of collectively thought, hey, these are subpar games. You know, oh, what I mean? the best was Anthem. It had lower reviews than Anthem. Yeah, yeah. that's fucking. That's total nonsense. <laughs> yeah. So you know, it, it, it's nuts. And I'm not. I'm not saying you have to love the game. I'm not saying you have to love the character. Even though I'm Team Swole Abby, Abby f fucked over Mel pretty fucking horrendously in a lot mm. of ways with her. Oh, with her getting down with multiple times. Yeah, and you know what I mean? But I, I feel like she showed more compassion than Ellie. Oh. And, but, oh, yeah. but, that's, that's what makes this story great, is because none of these characters are angels. Yeah, I mean, they're they all, all have big, huge character flaws in themselves. And 
Naughty Dog, and I'm telling a story again because the first one was amazing. And they came back and told their story, and it's their characters. People, as much as you love them and, and be like, oh yeah, Joel, I'm a big fan of Joel, Ellie, and everything. You're fans of them. They aren't your characters. It's not your story. Yeah. You didn't create them. It's not your story to tell. So respect the artists and the storytellers of the story that they want to tell. If you don't like the story, go create your own fucking character, get your game published, and tell the story that you want to fucking tell. Yeah, I think that's something that's like yeah. left out of these discussions <clears throat> is that literally the same guy that directed the first game directed the second game and wrote. So it's like these are this is the direction that he wanted these characters to go in. And the fact mm-hmm. that you happen to like them in the first one but didn't seem to understand... And it's, it's like it's from the same person's mind. Like this is where we want him to go. So stop com- complaining. What I think most well, people don't seem to understand is that it, at, at the end of the game, it sets up a lot of uh, situations for a third game. Oh yeah, you know, that people just don't, they, so they just seem to throw out of the fucking window. Like as that, well as the as well as DLC. I think DLC is in there too. Well, yeah. If you think but, about it like if you think about it this way, like right. if they played the first game and it loved it, and the second one they didn't love, like. <clears throat> It, it's not about like the, the character and story being told. I think it's more than that. I think there's, I think there, there's a little bit of hatred into it because of the LBGQ plus thing. Oh it's yeah, because, for sure. Like, like no, because like the characters didn't really change dramatically. The storyline, gameplay, all that stuff was like the same. So that's the only element that was different between the first one and the second one. So that's that's sad that people have uh, problems with that. Uh, so like. Uh, I- one of y'all, I don't know who brought this up like a week or so ago, but a lot of these people that claim to love this game obviously did not play the DLC, or else they would not be upset that Ellie is lesbian. Yep. They would not be upset yeah. at all. Instead of saying this character's been changed so dramatically, it's like, no, this has always been there. And if you really love this game that you claim that you do, then you should have played the DLC. Whatever excuse that you have, for not playing the DLC does not warrant you review bombing the game. That just shows that you are a liar, a faker, and a piece of shit. Yeah, but I mean, let me let me add, let me add one quick other thing too. Prior to uh, 2013's The Last of Us dropping, that first game dropping, all we really knew from modern Naughty Dog was the Uncharted franchise, yeah. and so our expectations they they were fairly high because we you know we had Uncharted two which was great but I think we even had Uncharted three by this time which was really good, um, but we we didn't know if they could pull something off with a brand new IP you know and so we kind of had tempered expectations for the sequel obviously our expectations are through the roof and for some people some haters basically uh, it didn't meet those expectations which is totally fine. But, you know, you, you just can't go overboard with your stupid-ass hatred. Well, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll give you, like, a, a critique of the game, but also, like, their way forward for, like, Uncharted... Or not Uncharted. For Last of Us 3. One thing I, I didn't like about the game is that there was no real villain that came to a conclusion. All right, so the, the villain in, in... The main villain in, in Last of Us 2 was, was supposed to be Abby. But then it kind of turned around to be Ellie. And then it was just like, okay, well, they both live at the end. And then it's like, where do we go from here? The other villains, quote unquote villains, that should have been bosses in the game, were the leaders of these factions. It was uh, what was Isaac. the yeah Isaac. It was the, the the lady from the Seraphites, and it was the leader of the Rattlers. Two of which you don't even fucking meet in the entire game. Yeah, because one of them one of them's already dead. One of them died as a martyr, which started one faction, and then the Rattlers. I don't even know. I yeah. don't think you even 
Uh, do they even mention the name of a uh, no. I think they do. And, and to me, that's... I, th I think they do. I'm not even sure. Well, to me, that's... Is it because, like, is it because of The Last of Us, that, that new trend going around saying, like, this is this is the villain of the movie, but this is the actual villain? No, I mean, there's, oh. there's no... I, I mean, don't know. Let me just finish my thought here. Okay. It, it's just... The fact that they didn't actually introduce a villain that, that you defeated in the game, that's a storytelling problem. I think if you watch, like, any movie, and at the end... Like, nobody was defeated, like an action movie. You'd be like, hmm, this is kind of fucking weird. And so for that, I'm like, okay, that's a legit critique. There's no revealing. But it sets it up for the, for the third game. I mean, obviously, there's going to be revenge stories that are going to be told in fucked up ways just like this one. There's going to be multiple... There's three factions that you that Ellie and Abby have fucked with, collectively. And they all have to face the consequences in, in part three. And I hope in part three, they can close the books onto some of these revenge stories. Because in this one, they didn't close the book on shit. They closed the book on Joel. Yeah. But everybody <laughs> else sure. is still... Oh, Joel and a couple other characters, but they were like ancillary characters. They need to do a better job in the next game with having resolutions to problems with factions. And so that that's my, my the main thing I want to say. That's I hope hopefully Naughty Dog will do that going forward. But other than that, I have, I have a very positive view of the game. Obviously, I gave it 10 out of 10. But just give us resolutions in the next game. Um, I think that's fair. Shit. I, I won't be surprised if they flip the script on us, like, on the next game. All of a sudden, like, it's like a death wave that just comes through and you got to run from it or some shit. Who knows? Yeah. Anyway, we... we All I know we, is that we, that Rat King fucking fight was crazy. I was like, holy shit, yeah. I was not expecting that. Oh, man. God that's damn. Wait, what's the, the Rat King is basically... The thing the, that's mutated shit. Yeah, they oh, affected... In the hospital thing? Yeah. Yes. Holy oh, yeah, shit. I thought about that last week after the cast. I was like, fuck, I forgot to bring that thing. That thing was fucking... I was just running and grabbing and running and grabbing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the if y'all haven't played the game or anything like that, which, I mean, we would spoil the shit out of it for you. Sorry. Um, there's, like, a boss <laughs> in the game called the Rat King, which I didn't know until, like, afterwards. Um, but it's this infected thing that is made up of, like, a bunch of other infected people. So it's, like, this huge fucking monstrosity with, like, Different bodies and limbs and shit that just rampages yeah. at you and can throw. It's like a Resident Evil boss. Yeah, for yeah. real. It was like a Resident Evil <laughs> boss. I was like, dude, and like, and like the, the when you think you beat it, like a, a thing comes out of the body and like runs away. And you got to fucking track it down. It's just like it's a really insane boss yeah. fight. I think it was like really well done because it was fucking terrifying. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I was terrified. I was like, what the fuck? Like the thing broke off, and I was like, you got to be kidding me because I'm. I'm barely killing this thing. When I finally killed it, I was like, I, I thought I killed it with like my last bullet. Yeah. And yeah. now this fucking thing falls off and I'm like, please tell me that went somewhere else in the map and now this thing isn't running around in the same area. But nope, now nope. I gotta fucking gotta get it. deal with both <laughs> these motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> it was horrible. It was great. But good. I think yeah. that, that might have been the best boss in all of The Last of Us, both of the games. Yeah, the, I, so. I was just gonna say, the first one did not have, in my opinion, really dynamic boss battles per se i didn't really even like the david boss battle in the kitchen of that one log cabin all that much yeah um, well i mean it was yeah it, yeah it was subpar yeah but it, i mean i'm also this is a 2013 game so i'm trying to cut them some slack too well i mean so ps3 you, you still have good boss battles you know i mean jesus christ we got god of war at that time frame like the old ones you know and those ones have like an epic boss battles yeah but even uncharted those, those boss those, battles but, Button, I, I love God of War three. Don't get me wrong, but I, I feel like the um the the, the tiny button button time. What's that thing? You have to press uh, uh, quick time. Yeah, quick, quick time. time. Yeah, 
Yeah. Eh. I'm well, not I mean, a big fan of that. PS4, like, like this generation games, like, at least like the last couple of games that came out, like the God of War on PlayStation 4, like, you be playing a game, you think that it's over, you're like, oh shit, I guess I, that was a badass fucking boss, and like that shit was hard, and all of a sudden you're like, oh shit, there's still more gameplay to go. Like Spider Man, yep. Spider Man was that way too. Spider Man on the PS4, you thought the game was over, but there was still a whole bunch more to go. And I, I like that with games nowadays, where you think it's over, but there's still a whole lot more to go. Well, this is what's good about coming to an end of uh, a generation of, of console games, is that you get like that fast, the, the last like nut spasm at the end. It's like the best, you know what I mean? But then you know, yeah. like, you're gonna get a couple of games when the next generation starts, and it's gonna be kind of like a lull for a while until it yep. you know builds back up. So um, right now we're just we're just enjoying that that last little bit of the the best of this generation. It's going out with a blast, just like the PS3 went out with a blast. And I think this one, this console generation, is except for the Xbox, um, it's doing like a much better job. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're they're, they're doing they're putting out quality games like the past like few exclusive games that were like blockbusters you know the last of us 2 god of war spider-man um I'm sure there's other other ones other than that but those Final are like fantasy horizon yeah horizon Zero, yeah those are like fantastic games that are like at the very end of a console generation and i, well, I think so we have you, go ahead. I think so the, the playstation 4 came out in 2013 these were mm-hmm. the PlayStation 3 games that came out in 2013. So we had The Last of Us. Yeah. Well, yep. The last game for that generation. We have Grand Theft Auto Five. Still, still. Yeah. Bioshock Infinity. Um, Battlefield Four. Devil May Cry. Tomb Raider. Batman: Arkham Origins. We had um, Assassin's Creed Black Flag. Like these games are like epic fucking console. Saint Row Four was on there. Yep. Well, this is what. Um, this Actually, God of War Ascendant was on here, it's on here too. Yeah, that's like the 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 last like yeah. old school God of War. I mean, it was still it wasn't. I still enjoy the game, but when you play like the other God of Wars, I can understand how people say it's not the best. It definitely wasn't the best. And the last God of War was still that's the best God of War of all time, hands down. Um, but what's crazy is that the de- the development cycles with these games are becoming uh, kind of untenable now. I mean, they they started making these games at the beginning. Of when the console came out. So think about how long that is. I mean, like, God of War, it took them like five fucking years to make that game. Yep. That's an entire generation. And we got one game. Exactly. So I, I think that after this console generation, they're probably going to have to rethink how we're going to do console gaming going forward. It's either going to have to be dramatically larger budgets and um, staff for these games, or they're going to have to make the console generations longer so they have a longer time period for um for quality games to come out and don't get me wrong i mean yeah and it's not it's like what some what some of these larger corporations do they kind of cheat like with uh assassin's creed and um like some ubisoft games like they, they they get to reuse all these same assets from previous games and they can build upon them but when you come to like a god of war or a last of us you know, it's difficult for them to, to, to do that, you know, and, like, create all the... And even with, like, Assassin's Creed, like, they do the... They, right now, they're doing um, every two years, right? But the every two-year thing, it's, like, different teams that are working on those. So they're working on those for, like, still, like, four or five years. But they have the staff to do that. And I think most people don't... They don't really seem to understand that. And, and it's becoming cost-prohibitive. That's why I think that 
the uh, there's justification to be said that there's gonna, they're going to raise prices, and we're we're already seeing it now um, for the yeah, explanation yeah. of games. It's justified it's, to me. It's confirmed. Yeah, I mean, I mentioned I mentioned it a week or two ago, but you know, there, there was just no way possible financially that they were going to stay at sixty dollars. It's been that way for two two generations. Um, they've already said for this this year's 2K NBA 2K, which is a super popular franchise annual franchise, uh, it's going to be seventy dollars on the PS5, Xbox. What is it? Xbox Series X. Series yeah. X, whatever. With that being said, though, um, there's always the G- GTA 5 route that you can take. Mm. You know, I mean, GTA 5 is still in the top selling games today. Like, Series yeah. that's fucking. It might be an aberration. But it's still coming, like it's still top selling. I think that more companies should look at those models. But it's also it's it hampers their ability to make new games, and so exactly. they're getting criticism for that because they're they're still putting yeah. in all this well, time. And but it's still a good game to play. Go ahead. The yeah. Question, the question I have is how much like since the game the, the actual physical game is gonna go up in price. But what about like the season passes and the DLCs? Like, are we gonna see an increase in that as well? Because I mean, a lot of the games, like the the season passes, are like maybe like thirty, forty dollars for the season pass, but like some of the DLCs can can be like, you know, twenty dollars or something like that. We're gonna see an increase with that as well. I mean, we we likely might, but it really depends on the. Uh, I think right now a lot of game makers are even in this generation. We already saw this happen. Is where they're kind of testing the waters of what people will tolerate with DLCs. And some of them have been trying to use basically like GoFundMe tactics to like fund a DLC. I think uh, Devil May Cry was like one of the first ones to do that, and it was it was fucking horrific because they they said, hey, you know, if you buy the special edition and enough people buy it, then we'll come out with more DLC. And it's like that's not how you traditionally will make a game. You know what I mean? Like if you want to make quality DLC, make quality DLC and people will buy it. And so I'm really hesitant. I, I had this rant of fucking in the beginning of like this whole podcast, like when we first started, like I think like five years ago, four or five years ago, of how DLCs for a lot of game makers are fucking bullshit. I, I'm only comfortable with buying DLC from a, like buying uh, season passes from a handful of companies, like maybe f- three companies, and that's it. And it's basically, it's the, the Borderlands series alone, um, and maybe two other ones. But Borderlands, that 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 one, I buy it. I'll, I'll easily buy it. But other ones, season passes, I'm like, mm. I need to see your schedule, and I need to see like how much content you're gonna put in it. With Borderlands, yeah. they've always traditionally had very good DLC. It comes out all time, and they give you free DLC as well outside of the season pass. But other game makers, they don't do that. They give you bullshit DLCs with like fucking skin packs and shit. Real real quick shout out though. Spider-Man had an incredible I got uh, that DLC schedule. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. every every month after their September release in 2018, there was a brand new DLC that was a good five to ten hours of gameplay. And then the other quick shout out, Witcher 3 had two DLC expansion packs that were bigger than the base fucking game, and the base game was huge. Yeah. So that was yeah. one of the best values I've ever heard of. True. Uh, but I, I will say what uh, Blue brought up, like, few years ago was the season pass for fucking batman batman and arkham knight most of that it was like a a fucking 40 dollar season pass and 90 percent of that was fucking skins yeah none of the fucking skins there's most of these games 
they, even like the gameplay was was crap because they had like they had Batgirl where you're basically just in one part of the city trying to save your dad and then even I think the Harley Quinn was a if you bought the game early that was the DLC that you got but that yeah was if you pre-ordered so with Harley yeah. Quinn her mission's like 15 minutes. At least Batgirl's DLC was like an hour or two, maybe three. Even, I like Nightwing. Can I? Nightwing can even, um, I think Red Hood had one too. And they were he both. Does, that's like 10 minutes. His shit was yeah. 10 minutes. But let me de- let me defend them a little bit. Like they had for that game, because I played it like two years later with their, and bought their DLC. When you looked at the comprehensive DLC when it was done, like by 2017, 2018, whatever the fuck it was, it actually was a lot of content. No, I yeah, I mean, I when you're first getting it, when you get it, it's like it was like forty bucks. By the time Prodigy, by the time you went and got to that point in the DLC, that shit went down to seven bucks because that's yeah. how much I paid for that shit. Yeah, that, and it, it gave me everything. I will say the Batman shit was cool, like the um, uh, the Raza Ghoul shit that was cool. Some of the other villains that were in there. But the rest of that shit was mostly skins but the and game like itself, some racetracks. The game itself was fucking really good, but the DLCs oh, yeah. were like, well, yeah. we're, we were, we're so not worth not it. For, I mean, they were worth it. For $7? Dollars, that was fucking a steal. <laughs> it was a lot. Y'all, y'all want to stay with uh, Bats and talk about this Batwoman news oh, that dropped today? Oh, yeah. So I'm, actually, I'm actually doing research on that right now. So. If you've been living in a cave or under a rock, so um, there was a, there's a little TV series called Batwoman that dropped based off of the DC comics about a, uh, a LBGQ lesbian female, the cousin of Batman, who takes on the mantle of me and Batwoman. And the CW had this show on for a season, and um, the actress playing her, Ruby Rose, that's right? Mm-hmm. Is that her name? Yep. She she decided to bow out, and they actually casted a new character, a new person to play her, not to play her, but to take over that mantle. Um, it is what's her name? Javika. Javicia. Javicia. Yeah, Leslie. She's gonna be taking on the mantle, but she's gonna be playing a character called uh, Ryan Wilder, who is gonna be a female who actually has a bit of a troubled background. She she used to do drug running. She kind of lives on her own. She's She's still stuff. She's, she's kind of like a little bit of a Catwoman-ish type background. Oh, so she's not going to be Batwoman? Huh? She's, she's not going to be Batwoman. She's not going to be? Yeah. Wait, wait, hold on. Let's stop. I couldn't hear what he said. What? What again? Is she going to be Batwoman? Yeah, she's going to be Batwoman. But she's going to be placing Ruby Rose as Batwoman. Yeah, just... Okay. Which, I mean, because if you ever watch um the mask of the batwoman or something like that I can't what it's called there's an animated movie with where there's oh. three batwomen that played that batwoman i think that's where they oh. I, I was trying to find out if that was true or not but um i don't know i'm, I'm kind of digging it so the female the what's her name javika is a black black a woman of color and she's gonna be playing yeah. her and um i think it might be interesting to see how they how they do with her but the one thing that's kind of like okay like eh that the character is still a lesbian. It, but that's isn't that in the lore for this character? Well, yeah, yes. in the lore for the character, but it's like I don't know, it just seems weird. It just it's seems in the lore. Like, I think what awesome. Blue, are you trying to say it's weird because Kate Kane, who's in the comics, is a lesbian versus this new character who apparently is was created solely for the show, 
will also be lesbian. And the, the actress herself apparently is. She said she's bi. So I guess I don't give a in shit today's right. vernacular, she's queer. Like, personally, I don't think that matters, but whatever. Yeah, so, it doesn't matter either. I just think it's like, I don't know. There's so it's like the. Oh, go ahead, Chris. There's an elephant in the room that nobody's fucking talking about. Which is? <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, she's the cousin of Bruce Wayne. And <laughs> what the fuck? Do I have to, like, spell it out for everybody? Yeah, go she's, ahead. A black woman is now playing the cousin of Bruce Wayne. All right, tradition in the comic book. Hold on, tradition in the comic book. She's been a Caucasian person, and it's very strange for me to for them to think that they can replace the a traditionally Caucasian character in the comic books and in the last show you just fucking did, and replace them with somebody who's of African descent and expect to have no blowback and to have this show uh, yeah. to have, to uh, to uh, gain not even just to gain success on a failed show. Like, so what, like that's setting... not what that's not what's happening on the show. How is what's not... happening? Is, so what's happening is because the writer from the show and executive producer already said what's going to happen is Kate Kate Kane's character is going to go missing, and this new character who, as Blue said, his name is Ryan Wilder, who has no relation to the Wayne okay, family, okay. is going to take up the mantle. That's so Kate good. will be in the lore, but she's just going to be missing. But they don't a, want to completely write her, write her out. That's better, that's but the problem, that's the problem with that's the problem with the show with Batwoman <laughs> is that she okay Batman's missing, so Batwoman has to take over his mantle while he's gone. So Batwoman goes missing, and now somebody else got to take over the mantle. <laughs> it's like writing. every time a a Wayne family member go missing, somebody's got to take up the mantle. Like it's it's watch and repeat with this. Fucking show. I mean, honestly, yeah. what, what, what you Doesn't said... Doesn't that shit happen in the comics, though? I mean, disappear and someone else takes over as Batman. It, it's it's uh, kind of... Yes, but they have, like, a background with, like, the Bat family. This is true. Like, like I think the only one that doesn't is Azrael. Yeah, yeah, but even then, he still well, had, no, like... Yeah. No, even with Azrael, he still had, like, a background with the whole Batman, like, lore. You know, he didn't come out of, like, nowhere. Yeah, like, yeah, Batman recruited him to, to take his take yeah. over for him. Well, it gets, it's kind of a story you go by, but yeah, Batman asked him to take over, and he decides to go all crazy and start killing people. I mean, listen. Oh, there, there's another... Uh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go, you know your way. I was going to say, there's there's another elephant in the room with this. I mean, yes, it ha there are some Batwoman fans from season one, but in general, most people weren't even hardcore CWDC fans weren't absolutely in love with this show. Uh, you know, I'm looking at Blue because he was certainly one of them that was very vocal about uh, leaving the show um, early on after four or five episodes, whatever the fuck it was. Three. But the, three episodes, fine. But the, th the thing that I'm kind of curious about is of that smaller subset of fans, who's staying on board for this new direction of season two <laughs> yeah. given season one didn't knock a whole lot of socks off. And that's putting it nice. I mean, listen, we could be wrong. We, we've been wrong before. I mean, listen, famously on this podcast, we talked about how uh, Wonder Woman was probably going to be shit. We were 100% wrong on that shit. So we could be wrong on this as well. Uh, I kind of doubt it. <laughs> but it, it doesn't well, It doesn't look good so far. I think they're setting up uh, the show to continue to fail and also for this new actress to take a lot of shit that she shouldn't have to take ever in life. And I think well, it's I mean, gonna be I, sad. I kinda of think of it too, like, well like 
Batwoman is kind of a newly, she's pretty young in the whole, like, comic book world. I think she's probably been around, probably, like, maybe, I don't know, like, 20, 25 years or something like that. So she's not hardly established. But then again, like, like, what they did with Starfire. Like, Starfire, they made her black in the Titans. And people lost their shit with that. But then again, the show was already kind of a hit or miss. But I, I probably will watch it just to see how she does because... Honestly, Ruby Rose, her acting was kind of, kind of dry. That's what kind of pulled me away from the show. But with this new actress, maybe she might have a little bit more chops, and maybe they might have more like you know, action scenes and more like kind of broody, like action-packed fight scenes, stuff like that. That might bring me back in. But if they I'm bring in the I'm gonna give arrows it action scene. Yeah, if, I'm gonna give it three episodes, and if it still sucks, I'm not that I'd give up on Batwoman. Well, let me you know what? Uh, two, I'll. I'll I'll be fair. I'll be fair. I, I might give it an ep- uh, the pilot or two. You know what I mean? And and we'll see what happens. I'm not. I want to be clear. I'm not shitting on this. I just think that the the cards are stacked against it because, as I've mentioned a whole bunch of times before, Batgirl is still way more popular than Batwoman. And you know I'm sure people still confuse uh, uh, confuse well, them. But Batgirl can be black and um or mixed. Within the next Batman movie, mm. well, let me a, a couple of points. I, I'm pretty sure that Batman's been around longer than 20 years. I think Matt actually said it in the, the chat room, been around since the 50s and 60s. Um, okay. I, I'm glad that uh, Blue brought up Harley Quinn because this is this is one of my hopes. Is all right. So Harley Quinn didn't exist until Batman the Animated Series. She was not in the comics, so they have an opportunity. It's a rare opportunity. It hardly ever happens where you can make something that didn't exist in the comics that can become successful and then get put into the comics. You know what I mean? Yep. That'd be fine. Another point is something that Clay brought up in the chat room is he said he's surprised that they didn't write in this character as a relative of Lucius Fox. That would be fucking awesome. That'd be a way that I think a lot Ooh. of people would be more acceptable as I would a character. Like, yeah. I would like that. Well, cause I mean, his son is already on the show. Batwing. So we'll see. Bad, uh... The black character Batwing is yeah. uh, Lucius Fox's son, so if he had a daughter, like I could see yeah. her yeah. being. It would it, be they should do it like how they did with the Flash, where um, out, out is it Alan West? No, not Alan West. Um, who plays Kid Flash in the Flash? Wally West. Wally West, like he's uh, what's name's like biological son who the mom kind of ran away with, but they can kind of play that that tone with this character. Yeah, so I mean, there's, there's options there they could take, you know, to make, to appease more people. Um, but I just, I don't have high hopes. So, we'll see. And uh, apparently Batwoman made a first appearance. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. When was it? I said, oh, Batwoman appeared in 2006. That was the first appearance? Um, Batgirl appeared in, like, in the 50s, so. Okay, so Matt has a So, I, about. Uh, I think Kate Kane... Batwoman shows up in 2006 because there's Batwoman before that, which was different. Uh, there were different played. There are different women who are Batwoman. When Batwoman first came on, I think Matt was alluding to that character. She was supposed to be a love interest to Batman, and then it didn't work out. And so the character has been rebooted a few times, like almost every decade yeah, it, since then. So no, it, K- Kathy Kane was the original oh, Batwoman. And that was the debut was in ni- July of 1956 in uh, Detective Comics number 
So, yeah. yeah. I'll retract my statement then. <laughs> <laughs> Sketch, what's going on with your boy Yeezy? Oh, uh, baby. Damn. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> Putting you on the spot. <laughs> Supposedly, uh, he made an announcement that he's going to run for president or whatever. And, uh... Is that even possible? No. No, it's not possible. <laughs> but people fucking are, are believing, hold on to every word he says, like when y'all message <laughs> but uh well, hold on. well te- technically mean, hold on technically it is possible it's just not possible for him to run as a, a democrat so, or republican right now it wait, that part wait, is what? impossible i'm sorry you said it'd be possible if what he it's it's possible it's possible for him to to run as to run for president but it is impossible for him to run as either a democrat or a republican at this point uh, so, i don't so know what the paperwork it. needs to well, they, they already have their, their, nomi- their nominees, so, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't even know if he's done said, filed said paperwork or whatever the fuck you need to do to officially run for president. I don't think he he's done it. I don't think he knows the process or whatever. I don't think he knows a lot of things. <laughs> so, I, I just say it's another publicity stunt, get his name in the news, and I'm sure he'll be dropping an album in three weeks. Yeah. He's talking about him and Elon Musk are teamed up and blah blah blah. I'm just like, y'all can get worked up about this if y'all want. I'm ignoring it. A lot of a lot of intelligent people are obviously ignoring it because they're like, yo, don't waste your vote on voting for Kanye when there's real issues going on, and it's embarrassing that he's using this time to take attention away from the real issues going on in the process. And I think that's more of an issue uh, going on right now. It's also I mean, embarrassing I mean, that he I'm said not... that people that were in slavery chose slavery. That's embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm, I'm not <laughs> defending him. I mean, like I said, this is uh, this is not the, the time to be doing publicity stunts, and especially on on matters of this, this issue and everything. So, so uh, it... I got a question real quick. Is this Kanye's way of saying that he's dropping a new album in November? Probably. Yeah. What? Well, honestly, probably. this is the sad oh. thing. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna keep it 100 right now. This is the sad thing. So honestly, I have a lot of problems with Kanye West. I have a lot of. Obviously, I just gave a quote that he said that was totally bullshit about voluntary slavery. Obviously, he doesn't understand. At least at the time when he said it, he doesn't understand how the fuck slavery worked. But. Given the, the two candidates that we have, um, I, I, I would feel I'll feel better about voting for Kanye West than I would for than voting for uh, you know President Trump or Joe Biden. On that's me being one hundred percent honest. I'd be more comfortable with voting for him. I'm not. I'm going to write in Andrew Yang, but I I would feel more comfortable voting for him. That's wow. just me, because the, the other the other two guys, they don't know what the fuck. They don't understand shit, and they've been career politicians, and it's just it's nonsense. I don't even I don't even like I like Kanye West's music, but as far as like what he stands for as a person, I don't like any, I don't like hardly any of it. But he's he's done less harm to people that look like me than the other two guys. 
mean, like, there, Kanye, there's no refuting that. Kanye West too is also from Chicago, which is like murder capital of the world of the world right now. Not the world. No, so, don't say that. That's that's no, that's no, not even, not even close. Yeah, it's not even close. Yeah, it's not even no. Yeah, we're, we're, not, we're not gonna go down the we're yeah. not gonna go down the Chicago rabbit hole because. The, the truth is, actually, they've actually seen a decrease in violent crime, and okay, nobody ever gives them any any credit whatsoever when when that happens. Like over the last three years, the dramatic decrease. But please continue. Well, no, just Kanye. Kanye has he's from an area of trouble, like a troubled city, so maybe he can make some kind of changes. But then again, it's more like you know, it, it's more like Trump is from New York City, and New York City was literally the beginning center of this entire pandemic outbreak. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, there's no real connection between, like, where you're from and being able to control or ha or being qualified to handle a fucking job. Well, I mean, Trump came from money, so... Those are your bad so... Well, I, honestly, though, I mean, listen, Kim Kardashian, one of the good things that she did do, Mrs. West... <laughs> no, is that she actually uh, went to the president for prison, re for prison reform. Which, yeah, to, which, I mean... That's good. You know, I'm not going to... Yeah, I, I shit on Trump all the time, but there's some good things that he has done. She's gotten people out of jail, which is good. There's a whole lot more that needs to be done, but I'm, I'm not going to discount what she did because I don't like thing, other things that she did. Like, if somebody does something good, we can say that they did something good, but they do fucked up shit too, so... Total, totally fair. Kanye is uh, an, an idiot and a clown. This is not serious whatsoever. Um, I... I, I don't even like having the discussion because it's, it's so laughable. Yeah. Um, we're we're this is mid July we're in basically the election is early November. Um, this is him on a whim doing another sure. as Stitch mentioned another publicity stunt whatever. Um, but because he is so rich so famous such a powerful celebrity, uh, people will listen. People will um, entertain his foolishness. Actually, this, this is madness. I got to retract what I said. Oh, sorry. I got to retract what I said. I just remembered something just now. So I would not vote for Kanye West because he was on the list of people that, that took money from the PPP um, that was supposed to be used for small businesses. And he, he received a sizable amount of money from PPP that uh, his company did not deserve. Um, I think that, that to me, honestly, uh, that all that money that went into the PPP and all that other bullshit should have went to the people. It should have went to us instead of any kind of corporation or small business. Because anybody that's a small business could have used that money as well. And the people that were already getting laid off, you know, the, the money that went to PPP, the vast majority of that money didn't go to the people. Like, they used it to keep the, the business afloat and they laid off people. That's logically what you would do. Because you want to keep your, your business afloat. You know, if they would have just given that fucking money to the people in, uh, in multiple cash payments, our, our economy wouldn't have done so bad. But they didn't. They wanted to give it to corporations... And some of them very large corporations, and it's fucking Brand bullshit. Yeah, look, we're also we're also ignoring the big pink elephant in the room. Kanye was a MAGA hat supporting nut job for a long time, including earlier this year. I mean, he's he's, you know, he's literally all over the place. I can't take him seriously. He's literally all over the place, and like I've said plenty of times, I don't really listen or hold much weight with what he says publicly. I mean. But like you said before, he was wearing the, the, the mega, MAGA hat or whatever. And then we also saw, I mean, we can go tit for tat with good shit that he's done, bad shit that he's done. He donated, what, $3 million to George Floyd's 
daughter What's and, her, and, and, to, like, and pay for her college and everything in the future, which is a great thing. But he, he, he does stupid shit as well. So, I mean, the, the people like him should not be considered or should not even be getting airtime when they say that I'm going to run for president. It's like when that porn star Macy May or whatever the fuck was, was trying to say she was running for, for governor. Fucking Joe Exotic, we saw ran for governor in Oklahoma or whatever. So I mean, it's it is what it is. I'm not I'm not over caring about that. Who's who the wrestler that ran for, for mayor or governor of Florida? Not being met. Jesse Jesse the Body was the Minnesota governor. That's what it was. Yeah, he ran for governor for that. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, he was, won. Like, he was the governor. Yeah, he was. He won. So yeah, he was he was also wasn't he a marine stuff? Yeah, he was in Predator. <laughs> he was a, he was a wrestler. But not, <laughs> he was a wrestler. He was a Predator. I know that. I know he has military background in like real life. From what I, I remember, actually before. I think it was a Navy SEAL. If I'm not mistaken, I think oh, he was. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. What, what what's going on with the female Epstein and when she and when is she gonna die? Oh wait, wait, wait! Before before we go on that, I do want to before I forget, I want to bring up uh, something I meant to bring up last week about the uh, death of um, oh, was it Vanessa Gillian? Oh yeah, yeah. Is that the yes? Yeah. Um, that's something I, I kind of wanted to bring up last week, but it totally slipped my mind and stuff. Wait, that we were asking to on. We wanted to take who is she? Um, she, I, it's so see I, it, when I get. I, it's hard for me to check my notes because most of my notes are on the phone and stuff, so I'm not sitting in front of a computer, so I can't pull it up to read the, the timeline of events and everything like that. So if one of you guys can pull up the timeline on everything. Um, I know she was a private in the Army, if I, if I remember correctly, that went missing from Fort Hood uh, sometime in April. I believe it was around like April 20th or April 22nd. Um, just sort of vanished and disappeared. Mm -hmm. Um, it didn't really get any, a lot of play or, or notoriety, notoriety at the time. And people were just like, yo, why aren't you talking about this missing female who, uh, it was when it was further looked into and reported some of her supervisors for, uh, sexual harassment and things of that nature. And, um, eventually the, the voices got louder and louder as we started to deal with more incidents going around in the country with stuff. And then eventually they found her body, which apparently was bludgeoned and then attempted to be cut up and, and chopped up into pieces by, um, I guess, another member of the military and his girlfriend and stuff. And everyone was just like, yo, how how did this fucking happen? How did a murder happen on your, your army base? Oh shit! What happened? I think we just lost Stitch. We um, drop. There we go. He's back now. Keep going. Stitch. Sorry, Stitch. Oh, okay. from the army base part. Wait, now he's gone. Something happened to Stitch. Army, oh, to shut him up. Well, we lost. His <laughs> oh, there we go. All right. yeah. Army, army's trying to shut me down. Um, but a lot of people are asking about why this is even taking place on an army base. Why, why they can't seem to get their shit together? Why there apparently seems to be some sort of mass cover up? And why is it that people aren't talking or, or giving a shit about this this dead soldier? And um, it eventually turned out that they, they found her body, um, I believe it was like last week officially, 
and uh, they arrested one of the people for it. The the I guess uh, soldier who was also connected with it. Once they it turned out they found her body, ended up killing himself, uh, presumably because I guess he didn't want to be face the, the consequences for what he, uh, he potentially did. Sorry. Um, but I, I do want to bring that up because I've seen a lot of people on my timeline uh, posting her photos, talking about uh, saying, like, I, uh, I am um, Vanessa Gillian. Uh, is that, yeah, I'm pronouncing it right. Um, and, and trying to bring attention to that issue. And uh, I want to make sure that we did discuss it and, and see that we are, uh, we do see that the, this is a problem. And um, it, it's brought up a lot of interesting conversations. Did females in the um, armed forces in terms of like harassment, but I don't know anything about that world, so I, I can't comment one way or the other. It's all good. I do, so I guess I'll talk about it. Um, so yeah, when I was in the Marine Corps, uh, we didn't see—at least I did not see—a lot of sexual harassment. It might, it likely did happen. I'm not going to say it didn't happen. It just didn't happen to uh, like it directly in front of me. Um, Marines are usually like a pretty tight knit group, and don't get me wrong. There were still disparaging things that Marines would say about female Marines, like male Marines would say about female Marines. We'd call them WMs, which are women, women Marines, and they would say, oh, we'll call them walking mattresses, which is fucked up. I never said some shit like that because it's fucking bullshit. Um, so that part of sexism was uh, was in the Marine Corps. But I did not see people sexually assaulting or uh, a history of sexually assaulting people like other Marines. Like, I just, I didn't see it, and it was, it was not the culture of the unit that I was in. There was a drug culture in the fucking unit that I was in, so I'm not saying we're fucking saints. Um, that's a whole other story that I could talk about, a whole different podcast, because uh, that shit was fucking crazy. But what I will say is when I became a contractor for the military, um, I went to uh, mostly army bases. And the first time I went to an army base in Iraq, there were all these signs around... Uh, telling women that were in women in general that were on on that base to you know basically walk around with other people at night don't be alone because there's been sexual assaults and rapes on this base and I was just like I looked I was like what the fuck is happening right now like this is this is on a US military base where you should feel safe and you're putting up signs to where you're basically acknowledging they have a culture of this shit happening and this is your solution is just fucking put up signs i was like what the fuck and there's been like females that i worked with um as a contractor where like what because we worked i worked um swing shifts and like odd hours and there's a woman that i worked with um i'm not gonna say her name but we would go out and eat together because it would make her feel more safe and it's just like dude what the fuck like this is this is the climate that we're that we're living in in Iraq, is that you need, you need to come around with a, a person, a male that you feel you're safe with to go and eat at night. So it's been a problem with parts of the military for a while. And I think that people just kind of covered it up and, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's the same thing with, uh, you know, the whole don't ask, don't tell thing. You know, people were assaulted for coming out in the military and the fact that you know, for a long time, the military had this policy of don't ask, don't tell. But if somebody figured out that you were, that you did, have, that you did happen to be gay, 
that they could, you know, assault you and your unit when I have your back, that was fucking bullshit. You know, to, to me, I never cared about somebody's sexuality, you know, as long as you got my back, I don't really give a shit. Who you're fucking at home, what's it got to do with me? Like, the only time where it became like... Yeah, the only time where it became like a kind of a gray area with me is when it came to transgender people. Only when it came when it comes to hormone therapy, because any other uh, person in the military cannot take steroids or any other kind of any most kinds of hormones if you're in the military. You know what I mean? So if you're on steroids, that's illegal in the military. But it, if you're transgender in the military, that becomes like a real gray area if you're transitioning. You know, whether or not you can take steroids or not. And to me, that becomes you're getting a different sort of treatment than other people in the military. From that point alone, that's where I'm like, hey, you know, we're not on the same playing field here. And that that is a problem. So and I understand that that people that are, are transgender, they might think that what I just said might be transphobic. Listen, it's not it has nothing to do with transphobia. It has to do with even playing fields with what we can take into our bodies to perform better. Seems fair. Yeah, and that, that that comes from somebody that was like an amateur bodybuilder. I didn't take steroids, but there was definitely a lot of shit that I could have taken. And the shit I did take that was definitely performance enhancing. You know, yeah. I didn't do it in the when I was in the Marine Corps, and it was nothing that was illegal. But if, 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 a, if a man can't take steroids in the military, then why can't a female that's transitioning? Yeah. Like, you know, since you brought that up, whatever happened with the whole, because Trump, for some random ass reason, brought up the whole transgenders in the military and was, was he like cutting funds or something for them? You remember that? Like, that was like maybe two years ago? Yeah, well, it's what like, how with that? Yeah, well, it's it's one of the things where I don't, it's, no, it's, what he's talking about is like right on the line of like where I'm comfortable of talking about it or not. And when it comes to where should the military, which is basically the taxpayers, pay for somebody transitioning to go from male to female or female to male? And that becomes... No, no there, was, there was people who had already transitioned, but they were, like, stripping them of their title. Oh, yeah. I mean, if they already transitioned and shit like that, like... And it, and it was, oh, he was trying to roll back shit back in the day. And, yeah, yeah if it was already that. law, then, yeah, don't, don't roll it back. If it was already the policy for those military units and military in general to do that, then don't roll it back. You, you can't do that. You, you take it, taking it back though to uh, to Vanessa. Um, holy fuck! This uh, this is a tragedy. I I want justice for her and her family. Um, you should feel safe on a. You should feel safe anywhere, but you should certainly feel safe. On a military base with your fellow military personnel, what in the entire fuck went on here? Uh, it seems to be covered to up. They, yeah. need to, they need to, yeah, they need to answer to this. And if, if I'm not saying it was, but if after an investigation they confirm that uh, this had to do in any way uh, as being uh, part of retaliation for her um, blowing the whistle on sexual assault. Or sexual harassment, or of any kind, yeah. And that's even worse. Yep. So this ain't this ain't a good look at all. No, it's 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 horrific to think that you know somebody in in any military branch was possibly being was likely being abused, and it was covered up, and then she got murdered. Like, 
people are gonna heads are gonna roll. I mean, there's good. I, I, I'm good. fairly certain that there's been conversations with whoever the general is for that unit, pro- likely stepping down, or just getting totally kicked out. And it's gonna it's just gonna roll downhill. It's gonna hit multiple yeah. levels, and they all deserve it. I mean, honestly, uh, sometimes it's hard to say. You know, if the top guy didn't know about it, but it's like, listen, if the top guy didn't know about it. Um, why wasn't he informed about what's going on in his unit? You know what I mean? So uh, accountability, it, it really matters. So at that point, I, I have no problem with the top guy being, you know, removed because he was either complicit in the action or he heard about it. That Complicity, I, I doubt that he didn't hear about it. I, I, he or she, because generals are, are women now. But I, I doubt that the person didn't hear about it. Nobody should be boohooing about a general's boss or military career if there's a soldier that's been killed and murdered. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you, you can't equate those two. You know what I mean? Yeah. Someone is missing for, for a murder. Missing for like two months on top of that. Yeah. yeah. So it wasn't like it was like, oh, she's gone for a couple hours. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, yeah, I mean, I don't understand the whole, uh, Everything that goes into like, all right, there's somebody missing from like our, our enlisted duty. I, I don't understand the, I guess the process in terms of like figuring out what happened, if they need to be back or where they might be if someone went AWOL or, or whatever. But two months is a long time for, especially for like where nobody has seen this person or have any clue idea where she might be and there's foul play possibly suspected. It's a long fucking time and it seems like they, it was not taken as a top priority by the people at Fort Hood. Yeah, especially like where was she found? I, I didn't know where she was found. Was she found? She on was there? found in, in like a nearby. They did a bunch of stuff with like ping cell phones and everything, and and then I guess some warehouse where the the two suspects were together at the time. Uh, yeah. I guess potentially with her, and then they, I guess that's where they ended up chopping her up, and then uh. From what I understood, they found her like sort of like a barrel or like a storage container thing, all chopped up, and it was bad. It was like some Dexter type shit. Yeah, yeah. So from listen, I've had guys go, you know, a wall. What the fuck do we call it? We call it something different than Marine Corps. It wasn't a wall. It was something else. Which is weird because you know when I was growing up, I was like they call it a wall, but in the Marine Corps we didn't call it a wall. Anyway, neither here nor there. But uh, there should have been an immediate investigation the first day that the person was gone. So I, I was there when people were AWOL. It's fucking bothering me now. What the fuck they call it? But <laughs> but yeah, when when somebody was gone, um, there was like an immediate investigation. You know what I mean? Like where the fuck is this person? You call the family, and it seemed like to me, from what I've read from the story so far, is that the family contacted the military, or like Damn. where the fuck she at? I'm just like that should not be how this works. <laughs> like they. There's there's definitely there's definite steps they take in the military to figure out where the fuck somebody is, and it usually starts with the family, especially the family's close. You know? Look, e- even with my civilian ass job, if I don't show up for two fucking months, someone's gonna call me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know that's not too hard to ask. But um, I'm sorry, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay on this kind of topic just a little bit. Unfortunately, we got some more shitty ass fucking news. 
Um, y'all heard about uh, Evo Online getting canceled and why, right? I did not actually. Uh, no, I, 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 I briefly saw it today because I heard that they were gonna do like a virtual competition, and then like days later, I heard it got canceled, and I was like, "What the fuck's going on?" So, fighting game community had a real bad week last week. Um, Evo was going to go online due to COVID. Evo, obviously, the big World Series of fighting games with with Mortal Kombat and, and, and Street Fighter and all of that. It was going to go online this year because of COVID. Bruh, this, their CEO, a, a one Mr. Joey, Mr. Wizard Color, a Kular, I don't know how you pronounce it. This motherfucker has all kinds of uh, basically victims coming forward talking about his sexual abuse and exploits. Damn. That, that also include underage kiddos. Ooh, that's a bad luck. Yeah. That's a good business opportunity, and, though. And then <laughs> there was some separate shit uh, going still in the fighting game community where a whole bunch of predatory stuff was going on with uh, uh, fighting game kids in Smash as well. I mean, the, Evo got canceled immediately. They, they removed this guy, replaced him with uh, somebody else, and then one by one... Uh, Sonic Fox, Mortal Kombat, Smash, uh, Street Fighter, all of those big names said, we don't want any fucking part of this if you got predatory shit that's possibly been going on for years um, with underage kids happening at your your big-ass tournament. This was a huge, ugly-ass scandal. God damn, that's horrible. Yeah, I didn't know about that. That's, that's, that's that is up. terrible. It's fucked up because this is a... This is a Huge event People from like, around the world come to this event, and the event is held in Vegas, yep. Party City, right? Party City, USA, depending on which college you're in. Um, but yeah, this is super terrible news. Yeah, the thing that's uh, you know really ugly. Obviously, um, you know, fighting games. Pretty much everybody can play. You know what I mean? And and you have a lot of young, young, you know, uh, minors that enter these tournaments, and some of them do really well, really well. Seventeen year old, sixteen year old, or whatever. But of course, they shouldn't be at parties with adults and booze, and you know, be being preyed upon. That that's all fucking foul. And yeah, and if you have the 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 CEO for Evo doing this shit, then holy fuck, man! This and I'm like, glad people came forward. This is like Epstein for the gaming industry. That's fucking yeah. yeah. That. What I'm the fuck? That. Yeah. Dude. Damn. Actually, I thought Gamergate was pretty bad. This sounds way worse. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so well, Gamergate, Game, Gamergate wasn't even that. I mean, yeah, it, it wasn't. It was possibly but consenting I mean, adults. So, yeah, this is not consenting adults. Hollywood certainly had it. You know, some of its reckoning with with Weinstein and all that. But gaming in general, and certainly the fighting game community, had to me and, and to a lot of people the most. I guess toxic subculture at least around uh, in and around evo that you could ever imagine so uh, hide your wife hide your kids dude it's so you literally got this hide your wife hide your kids and and everywhere you go because kids can't go to school without teachers trying to fuck them they can't yeah. play video games without other people trying to fuck them yeah they can't walk outside without a, the, the fucking milk the, the ice cream man trying to fuck them like shit dude people are fucking gross just to be clear, too, um, there's Terrible. a whole bunch of allegations. Some of them are with kids. Some of them are adult on adult. 
all of it is bad, no matter what. But holy fuck, man! Just keep your hands and your dick to yourself. Yeah. So, so what were you saying about uh, Epstein's? Uh, okay, because that's what you were uh, you were about to go into before. Oh yeah. Back to the <laughs> Stitch just keeps us on track. Uh, this Gislaine Gislaine Maxwell is uh, basically the madam of of Jeffrey Epstein, and she's been arrested and is on suicide watch, and hopefully doesn't kill herself <laughs> by somebody oh, else. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, you mean before someone gets to her? Hopefully, there's a rope. It's gonna be a sniper rifle bullet that she's gonna put in her own skull. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. She should be very knowledgeable about all the people that, you know, she helped get uh, get to Epstein and get to his powerful-ass fucking friends. I hope she lives long enough to tell that fucking story. I, this is but, what's crazy about America shit. right now. This is what's crazy about America right now. Is that I'm pretty sure every single person, at least on this podcast, expects this person to die yep. in the next couple of days. What does that <laughs> tell you about America right now? That's bad. Like, how corrupt... America is that we expect a person that has information on powerful people to die in the next couple of days because she has that information and it's going to be totally yep. covered up just like Jeffrey Epstein a guy that happened to beat and hang himself in his cell when the cameras were turned off and people were changing shifts for an extra 30 minutes when he was on suicide watch yeah in game yeah in, like are, are, are we serious like there needs to be like there needs to be a reckoning in America, and I feel like people don't understand the the real issues that are going on in America, and they're just like the, and the funny thing is that those same people will call us sheep for wearing masks, but it's like you're sheep for eating this shit up, like it's normal. This is not fucking normal. Shit like this is not normal. Especially let's just totally forget about the fact that anonymous a couple of weeks ago, released all this information about how possibly, I can't say for certain, possibly yeah. our president is a pedophile. Yeah. And not a single, not one single mainstream media picked it up. Not even CNN. They fucking no. can't stand Trump. They didn't pick it up. Like, what the fuck? And it's like really fucked up shit. Like real vile looking shit. And they look like official court documents. To me, anyway, I'm a fucking moron, yeah. but I can still read shit. It looked like I, I've been to court before. <laughs> it looks like record documents to me. Um, it's all bad, and I, I feel like it, it. America's coming to a breaking point, and it's coming soon. Like it, we're already here. Like the, the the cracks are already here. People are still protesting. People are still angry. People are still out of work, and I think that whoever the fuck is shadow trying to organize this country <laughs> has like fucked up and they don't realize that people are at a breaking point so it, that I, seems i'm not going obvious. to commit suicide tomorrow okay <laughs> let me just say that out loud Dude. and here's the thing we all want to know and, and have the people punished who've been basically kidnapping underage girls like that's disgusting disturbing ass shit like you you need to get fucking prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law and if you have information on the on these dirty motherfuckers i want you to live long enough to be able to help uh, with the giving that evidence up like, if you're a victim come out and say like this shit happened but nobody's gonna fucking believe them like they fucking do which is kind of yeah. sad 
Somebody needs to make basically somebody needs to make a documentary called Trapped in the Closet by Trump. <laughs> for shit to for shit to fucking well, well, did any of you guys watch that that Epstein documentary on Netflix? Nope. I didn't see it. Was it good? No, no, I I I did not it. want to be upset. I try not to watch yeah. things that will make me just angrily mad or whatever. <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to avoid that because there is there's no positive uh, end from watching that documentary where I'll feel good about myself or not wanting to just put on a mask and go in the street. Start doing some vigilante shit. Well, this is what I, I'm glad you brought you like that up. This is I'm gonna do a slight segue here. Go is ahead. that um, what you said is like I'm grappling with that right now because of all like the recent literature that I've been like reading and listening to. Like it, it is, it is so yeah, it is so hard as you know an African American man here in America. Obviously, I'm African American here in America, but. Um, to not get, like, viscerally angry after learning, like, real history and how we've been, like, systematically fucked over by America through legislation and through organizations not even adhering to the Constitution to, mm -hmm. to make money, to fuck people over, and to have, you know, the police fuck us over consistently and it's just like I can see why we had people like Malcolm X, Louis Farrakhan Black Panthers, shit like that like I understand that whole point of view now because once you start going deep in that rabbit hole like it's it's hard it's hard to stop digging and it's hard not to get angry listen I'm not angry enough to like go out and like hurt somebody let me just say that Right away, okay. Because you be I'm, choking people every day. Uh, well, I did, and now I don't have that option. All right, because the fucking Rona. You, know, you have an outlet now, so now you got to post on something. Yeah, I don't. I don't have an outlet, so I get the Peloton bike. I ride that channel, you know, like fucking daily. But it is uh It's it's real difficult for people to like to to go through all this stuff and like read through all these things and not get not get angry. And I think once enough people really go through all this stuff, I think, honestly, I think a lot of people that are doing, like, the whole Black Lives Matter movement thing, um, I don't think they really, most of them, understand from, like, from a factual level and from, like, from mostly a factual level, just to, like, education. They don't understand the whole story. If they did, this could likely get even worse. Yeah. And I think that most of America should be happy that, you know, American or that African Americans are not out for revenge, that we're only out for equal rights. Because honestly, once you go through the entire history of things, um, it is it's it's fucking horrific. The laundry list is long. Yeah, and it's it's so long, it's so horrific that people cannot even stand to even read it. Like there's a book, I think it's called Shit, it's the I can't remember what the fuck it was called. But there's a graphic book. I'm not going to buy it because, first of all, it costs like $400. Fucking dollars. But it is a Damn. book. It's a pictorial book that is a visual history of what happened to African Americans getting lynched and what European Americans did to us during certain times. And, like, they had things where, like, literally they would hang somebody. They would hang somebody that was black. Then they would barbecue them. And they would cut pieces off of them, and they would take pictures of pieces of meat that were them. It was a person 
and they would take photographs. And these photographs are in the book. I think. Uh, give me. I'm talking, but if somebody else talks, I'll tell you the name of the book. And it's kind of, just a, kind of take back to what Crumbs was saying. Like a lot of times, like I I don't like watching like period pieces, like especially like like Twelve Years a Slave or like all, any kind of slave movies. I hate watching it just because I have like this un like this hatred that just builds up inside of me, and I and I hate that feeling. So I try not to watch those kind of documentaries because. The, the angry that I, the anger that I feel is like it's something I I, I true I don't like even when I, like when I hang out with Swedish and she wants to watch like a certain kind of periodic piece I'm like I can't do it just because like black people life didn't fucking matter during that time like like Civil War World War One World War Two like like nobody really cared about people of color and it's it's really hard to watch that stuff and to like she showed me it's funny because she showed me a video earlier of this white guy of a Playing the, he's playing the role of the kid, and he's like arguing with his parents. I'm like, and she's laughing about it. I'm like, this isn't funny what, at, at all because if that was me being a black kid, my mom would have been in my ass like like that. Like there would been no fucking cursing, no yelling or anything. She'd have been in my fucking ass, and it wasn't funny to me at whatsoever. And it just shows like how different cultures are. Like you know, you might grow up one way and another way, and things are just not this fucking same basically. Yeah, like, like stories like that, um, even, even, because I, I know that these things happen, and it's a painful reminder, so when I, when I watch movies and stuff, I kind of like to watch movies and stuff to be entertained, or to learn something I don't know anything about, but when, like, I watch movies like Time to Kill, or, like, Mississippi Burning and stuff, it's like, I know that this happened, and it's a reminder of how painful and fucked up this 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 is. I, and I, I I think I brought it up before. Like the last time I, I really felt like that was when I watched uh, Fruitville Station. Mm. And uh, I remember I watched I watched two movies that day. It was one of the extra movies I watched later on. But uh, we watched me and Lilo watched Fruitville Station. And I knew about <clears throat> Fruitville Station. It was before Lilo had even moved out here. Didn't even know what Bart was or anything like that. So she was watching it and like. I, I cried at the end, like I was in tears because like it. Yeah. I know all about that. That's that's my backyard. That's where I grew up and everything like that. And I was just like, I am just. I just don't even want to go see X Men right now. I'm just so mad. I'm so like hurt and disappointed. And she didn't have the same reaction because and I, it's hard for me to like put her feelings into it on what she felt when she was watching it. But for it just hit me hard harder. Because like I know everywhere that they're talking about, I know that story, especially how they like cut in pieces of the actual like footage of the incident. It was just jarring to me, and I was just like, I don't want to spend my money to feel this way. And I was just yeah. like, I, I had to just remove myself from it. And it's not like me trying to put blinders on stuff, because believe me, we we all know fucked up shit that has happened to black people, including us. So it's not like I'm trying to ignore or pretend like none of this happened, but it's like I can only take so much of it and it's in certain doses of, of that spoonful of like castor oil that I can take before I'm just like that. It's going to ruin my entire day, week, month. So, yeah, that's kind of I think that's kind of messed up that movies and films that we know deal with this type of subject matter, matter which is black history. We literally have to prep ourselves for what we're going to be watching. Like, everyone else is like, oh, I heard this film's really good. But then we have to do these, like, little mental setups, like, 
if I'm watching this with European Americans or Caucasians, I have to make sure I check myself and not try to slap somebody by the end of the film. <laughs> or, or, or some other shit where like, okay, this is one of those films that could break me down where I got to call my mom or something after, you know, if there's something that you know is going to be in this film that could potentially trigger you into really deep sadness or even depression. So you have to prep. And like, sometimes you can't tell nobody else around you that this is going to happen to you emotionally. And you just got to, you know, pick and choose what movies you want to watch you at sometimes. Old Ninja, I know you won't won't call your sister because she'll try to gut somebody. Oh yeah, no, 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 no. That's all bad. One quick thing, like the best, the best period piece that are part, not period piece, but from Django. Django. No, no, not Django. Django was still racist as hell. But um, because basically Django had a white guy who set him free, and that's what caused him to be free. A white guy let him be free. So true. But he he gave him a job where he get to kill white people and get paid for it. Yeah, but he's, he's, he's being paid from a white guy, so he's still not. Ah, no, oh, he's get, being get, paid get by off, the U.S. government. Anyway, so, no, so my favorite scene is the that that part from American Gods with um, oh god, Nancy, Nancy, Nancy. We talk about like get angry and anger get shit fucking done. Yeah, like that was like probably like the best like speech to get people motivated to do shit. Yeah, so great. the book I was talking about, it's called uh, Without Sanctuary. It's by uh, Leon Litwick. And yeah, it's uh, I haven't bought the book. I, I heard about it and I heard about the depictions. And I mean, just on the cover, it's 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 somebody who's a, a black man, probably a boy because he looks not that big. He's hung on the cover and there's white people like just looking at him. And there's like a kid at the bottom who's smiling, like a little girl that's that's smiling. Yeah, it's wow, just like, this is terrible. This shit fucking breaks my heart. Just even look at the fucking image. Yeah, you know, you know what's what, what's crazy is that um, when when people talk about black power, all right, a lot of European, Caucasians, white people, what the fuck you want to say about whatever you want to call them, uh, they get uncomfortable about listening to to black power, listening about just hearing the word black power. And I think I understand the reason why it is now is because people, when, when people that are on that side hear black power, they assume that we're going to do what they did to us for 400 mm-hmm. fucking years. When nothing can be farther, for most of us, nothing can be farther from the truth. Like, I don't, most of us don't want to go out there and rape your, rape your women. They don't want to hang you. They don't want to fucking do any kind of vile shit like that. All we want is power as, as in the form of economic and opportunity power for the most part there's probably other powers you can put down the line okay sure. but what we want is really quality here in america and i think that most people they don't seem to understand that because they they equate that word you know ethnic power to what they've done to us for years and that makes them real uncomfortable just think about that just saying that makes them uncomfortable think about what it would be like if you actually went through it and you live through it, you know what I mean, and you and you're still affected by it today. I'll give you an example. All right, me and Kmac, obviously she's a European American, and we grew up in the same city. Okay, mm-hmm. this is something that we, we talked about just recently. Um, 
when my parents grew up, they couldn't buy uh, a home here in the Bay Area. Neither one of them could. It was impossible because of redlining and other bullshit. So they had to rent everywhere, and it was only rent in certain areas. Okay? Because of that, most people's largest asset in America, what do you think it is? Their house. It's their house. Okay. And so you, you can borrow against your house. You can pull out your equity. You can use that equity to help your kids out if they get into a problem. If you happen to pass away or do some, or something else happens, you can use your house as an asset to, to pull out money, which is, you know, equity, which I already kind of went over. Now the giant big bank. Yeah. It's, it's what people needed. That's like the largest thing that they had to, to, to gain money because it always traditionally would gain money over time. That's how equity works. We don't know how that works. Um, back in the day with my parents' generation, our parents' generation, um, except for old Ninja because his parents' generation, I don't know. They might have been... <laughs> he's old as fuck, so I don't know. Flintstones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway... Um, with KMAX parents, they've, they've owned their home in Newark since um, almost the entire time she's been alive. And they've built equity and they've had, they, they've had to take out, um, I'm not going to put all the business out there, but they've, they've had to take out mortgages, you know, multiple mortgages against the house to extract money for different reasons. My parents didn't have that option at all. Okay. They've owned a house. As far as I know, they've owned two homes in their entire lifetime. Uh, one once they sold one they sold and the other one they they're living somewhere else because of an unfortunate situation that is nothing to do with redlining, all right. It's something to do with a whole other matter. But up until fucking two thousand and eight, two thousand and seven, they didn't own a home, so they had nothing to build wealth upon, and they had to keep putting in money through through rent that they couldn't that they never gained equity on. Meanwhile, Caucasian families could. Because they could buy they could buy homes anywhere they wanted to, except for already segregated areas, which conveniently the black homes that were segregated they couldn't buy, but they were already in shitty areas they weren't going to move into anyway. So that's neither here well, nor there. Most of them owned it, and they were charging the black folks rent, so that's how they were getting money. Yeah, and also in these shitty areas they were paying making people pay more money, you know. So yeah. it, was, it was fucking bullshit all around. Um, and so that's what I think people don't really understand is like you know if. They, if you're wondering why, you know, African Americans are, are in a bad spot, part of it has, a large portion has to go to how much wealth our families could accumulate. And part of it has to do, a large portion of it has to do with real estate and the fact that we couldn't own real estate except for in shitty areas and that, and those real estate prices were kept purposely low and we paid higher taxes on those fucking shitty areas. Um, thank you, Prodigy for introducing me to the book um, Color of Law because it breaks down exactly how the fuck this happens. If you want to speak on this, go ahead and do so now. But it was like it was a, it was a fantastic book breaking down how we got fucked on this. No, I, I think you, you covered the highlights extremely well. It's been like maybe a year and a half since I read it. I'm so proud uh, that you're reading it. Uh, I, I'm, I'm proud of everybody on this show. I, I know Blue's been reading uh, uh, the uh, the new Jim Crow as well. It's a great this, book, this is, yeah. These are important things, you know? We had the discussion with my mom about me and uh, me and Stitch on some uh, Black history. It's important, and I, I love the fact that this show has the ability to go into weeb shit and then go into real life stuff. But you you covered the redlining extremely well. I just appreciate the fact that 
it's a hyper local story too because he's oh, obviously yeah. a Berkeley professor and he, he talks about places you know Casper Valley, San Leandro, Berkeley you know and even if you were a black doctor, lawyer, nurse professional you were still black so yeah. you know what I mean so um well you know it's you crazy know. hold on before I even read the book I knew about redlining all right yeah um and I actually looked up redlining in my old uh, city that, we, that I lived in where the podcast no it wasn't when we first started but we did a podcast for like two years from there in San Leandro and like seeing the actual the, the real red line in that city and I looked up holy shit in fucking Oakland and fucking mm -hmm. Hayward and all these other places here in the Bay Area you can actually look up the actual there's a map yep. and where the map is there's like the only places where we could live in the Bay Area were in these places and, and the, the crazy thing is it's not it's not crazy it's logical if you're a fucking racist asshole is where they put these homes and they're like in the middle of industrial areas near the fucking train tracks on the other side you know and like all this fucked up bullshit and they would have like dumping zones and all this other fucking fucked up shit super funds yeah super fun sites left over from the military waste <laughs> yeah and like and like no there's no parks anywhere near there there's no grocery stores there's food deserts they're all this shit, and there's fucked up schools because that's how they built them, because they're segregated schools, and they wonder why African Americans have a problem today with um, being successful. It's because you started us off in fucked up places where we couldn't be successful. Like, you couldn't even eat right. Like, I mean, what the fuck? How do you expect well, somebody... Even, even here in Hayward, like, the students and I just bought a house out here in Hayward, and one of our neighbors... She, she pointed out that where we live at now was was mainly a white community. Like, the fact that her and I are an interracial couple, she was, like, excited about it. She, I mean, she hasn't lived here this whole time, but she had brought it up. But, like, only only whites were able to live in the, the area that we live in. Because, like, me, I'm, like, I'm like maybe a 10-minute walk to a park. I got two parks. I got, like, maybe four or five parks near me. Yeah. I'm close to the freeway. I got two bar stations near me. Like, everything is so close and local. And it's just, it's just shocking that, you know, this area would be, like, a red line area. And now we have the opportunity to move to this area. Well, you can actually... There's, act, there's real-world... Um, to this day, if you own your home and you pull up your deed and you live in a white area, you can yeah. actually look there's if you look, if you read your entire deed, there's a high chance that you live in a white neighborhood that there is racist language in a form of a convent on your deed where it says that yeah. you will not sell this home to somebody of color. Yeah. And there's yeah. a high chance of that to this day. It, and it's extremely important. And you probably it's don't even know what's really there. Important to bring yeah, up. most people probably have no idea it's there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, actually, I brought this up to Prodigy about a year or so ago. That's when he recommended the color of law because uh, it made it into the papers where some lady in Redwood City, she was trying to sell her home, but within the deed. And some of the, like, I guess laws or whatever, they're in the deed where it says you cannot sell to a person of color. A, it literally says Chinaman. And uh, I think it says Hispanic or Mexican. I don't think it says Hispanic. I think it says Mexican. And it lists the only way that they can live on the property is if they live in, like, the, the back home or, like, the uh, uh, indentured servant thing. It's, like language from like the early 1900s but like this lady who was trying to sell the house 
she had to go to court to remove the language from her deed so that way she could sell the house to whoever the fuck she wanted. So it was just, and it was weird because it was 28, I think it was like early 2019 that I, that I brought this up and like, um, literally prodigy he didn't even answer he just said oh the color of law and i was like what and then i would ask him he print again the color of law i'm like what the fuck he's like you need to read this i'm like okay fine for i mean that's probably good say that too yeah no there's no probably you did do that prodigy was right read the fucking book i mean seriously i goddamn and the thing i like about this book so i you know i talked about um the new jim crow and white fragility so the the New Jim Crow, um, it's an excellent book. However, it's not even a critique. It's something that she says in the very beginning. Is that she writes the book and she's going to give no solutions to the problem. She's only going mm-hmm. to illuminate the problem. But to me, that's still, it's like, ah, no solutions. It, it's great to be illuminated, you know. Mm-hmm. But there's no solutions to the problem that she that she, that she puts in the book. But I totally get it. She, she tells you right up front. Why fragility is... is, is is similar. Um, yeah, it gives some solutions mainly for for white people. All right, um, but in Color of Law, in the end of the book, he gives actual actual valid solutions, or at least one valid solution. You know, and it, it is a really good one, and it's something that listen. If I happen to run for president someday, I'm using that fucking guy. I'm, I'm gonna call him up by name. Like this is your fucking deal. You know, this, this is a really good idea. This is how we can, how we can move forward. And to me, it's like it's based on data, and it's a really good way because we need to desegregate America. Listen, America is more segregated today than it was in the nineteen fucking sixties. Yep. And most people well, don't even like understand even, that. Like even with, even with our, our government, like that needs to be segregated too, because you know, like in the White Fidelity, they talk about how like you know, ninety eight percent of Congress is. Caucasian. Yeah. The government, 90, 92% is like Caucasian. Like, there's no, there's no repetition, repetition, uh, repetition. Representation. Of, presentation. There's no presentation of, like, the actual country. Like, most of the people who run the laws are Caucasian, and they have the ability to change fucking lives off forever. They can be like, oh, you know what? White people, you can't work anymore. Well, and that, that's one of the reasons. I mean, that's one of the. That's one of the reasons why we need to have um, term limits, is because a lot yes, of people that are definitely. in Congress, the Senate, the House, they're old as fuck, and they were alive during like the '50s, '60s, '70s, blah blah blah, you know. But they need to be. They have old ass ideas. Like they're 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 for. For their formative years, they lived through a segregationist society. So that's their that's their status quo. Why the fuck would they possibly change that? You know, because that, mm-hmm. that's the way they live, and they they live just fine. If you're if you're if you're a white back, then yeah, you live just fine. Yeah. But if you if you were back not America white, great. but you know what's yeah. crazy is that you have a guy like Ben Carson, that's the the uh, the head of HUD, you know, the Housing or Urban Development, yeah. who I, I don't have very many positive words to say for this man, <laughs> and we share the same skin tone. He's darker than me, but we share the same skin tone. Um, and yeah. he, he's rolling back plans on, um, like, policies for public housing and all these other various projects that would advance integration um, of our, you know, different ethnic groups. 
and just like having funding to pay for public housing and it's a it's a huge problem because it it it, it really affects people of color more than caucasian americans and i don't understand why he's even doing it i don't i don't understand his whole deal because when I, when I see him go up to like the house or congress and the senate and the senate and talk he is so flippant with his answers are you drinking tea right now that's hilarious uh, it's water in there. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's just like, he's, yeah. he's so flippant in his answers. He doesn't really give a shit. Listen, we have a guy who is a brilliant doctor, but he's running, he's running the housing and urban development. He has no fucking background in doing this. No. And I, I don't understand why he's, he's even doing it. And the fact that he's just, he's doing the status quo with the, uh, with the agenda from the, the Trump administration on defunding a lot of HUD is fucking disgusting. And we're, we're literally going back to like the 1960s and before with the the, the rules and uh, policies that they're trying to, to go back to. And it's, it, and it's from a guy who says that he lived in, in public housing. Like, yeah, exactly. What, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, he's the worst. He, he, he really is. I, I've been cut off mentally from him for a long time. I mean, you can check his record on like Especially with um, LGBTQ uh, plus. Oh, with, with HUD, yeah. He's just been a completely, he's been a monster in terms of like his, his philosophy on it. And he literally thinks of them as just like less than people. I mean, like you ask him a question about it. He doesn't, he, he, he's just so ignorant and he doesn't even like try to like hide it or even try to give reason for it. And it just, it's embarrassing. But it, it if you think about it on like a, on a larger sense, it, it really makes you understand that just because you have a piece of paper from whatever university it may be does not make you an intelligent individual. And he yep. is a prime fucking example of that shit. Like, he can, he can be a doctor, he can have that fucking title. He's still a piece of shit moron. Like, I, I don't care. Just because you can pay to have some credits attached to your name doesn't make you a smart person. Mama Prodigy made me in her, like... I was there. My, my, my formative years in elementary. Mama there. Prodigy. Mama Prodigy was one of the hugest fans ever of Ben Carson back in the old days, um, and she made me read his uh, his his Gifted book, Hands. Gifted Hands. Yeah. And I remember I read it, and I was just like, "Holy shit! This guy went through a lot." And you know, he became a one of the very few black uh, brain surgeons. You know what I mean? That that is incredible feat from a, a, a medical and clinical background and, and and you have to know your shit to do that but on everything else since then i couldn't agree with you two more he's uh he's an embarrassment he's a clown yeah. I, 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 we were at that same book signing yeah Sorry. well this um go on oh, go blue, blue go ahead real quick you want to say something and i want to say something no i was just saying that um fucking fireworks just been going off and there was one i was like insanely huge and scared shit out of me, but um, no, there's also, I wanted to, so one of my, somebody I follow, they're a, a Trump supporter, and they brought up, they talked about this black lady who, they tried to say that, like, you know, with the whole black life matter and blah, 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 but this black lady, she, she grew up with eight brothers and sisters, and she grew up in a ghetto, and she got, she like left, like she got, she dropped out of high school, and like her family got dropped out of high school and then like she had like a kid at 17 and blah blah blah. But now she like went to school and got five degrees and she made it like better and blah blah blah. But it's like 
did she like did she did she first of all did she help her siblings out like is she trying to support them trying to bring her up bring them up to her level is she trying to help her community out so other people that grew up in her same situation are improving their life like they're just trying to show like oh yeah if you're black yeah you can make a life better but it's like they don't understand like there's a struggle that black folks have to face and you know just because you come out of the ghetto you're just basically trying to reach to a level that the caucasians try to help you you're trying to reach a level that the caucasians are already hitting basically yeah well this is the this is actually i'm glad you said that because it's something i was going to say anyway is that with ben carson and the person you're talking about and even me we're aberrations Almost everybody on this podcast is aberrations. Yep. And I think it took me a while to really understand that. Um, is that we're it, this it, we're unlikely stories, okay? And that's that's a problem that I think most people don't understand. And they don't um, they don't recognize. It took me it took me a long time to recognize because it's, it's super easy for somebody to say, pull your pull yourself by the bootstraps. However, everybody that's on this podcast that lives in you know, a quote-unquote privileged life, we worked hard as fuck to get there. And it is likely way harder than somebody that was white. I can say that with, in, in my aspect with, with f- fair certainty. I went through a lot of shit. You know, but it was also because... How do I put this? The things, the things that fucked me up when I was a kid spurned me to, to to be a better person when i was in first grade i failed first grade when i when i had passing grades and that was the first time i recognized racism in my life because there was no other reason for me to fucking fail and they put me back after when that happened i didn't give a shit about school anymore and it was negative but it was positive for me all right because i realized that for me school was it wasn't helpful to my life i wasn't going to gain anything more from this I didn't give a shit about it anymore. And it's also why it's hard for... I didn't... I didn't. What was good about it is I didn't buy into the indoctrination. Because school in America indoctrinates you into some bullshit. Alright? And I was told that I was never going to be anything when I grew up. From teachers. You know? And look where I'm at now. Doing just fucking fine. I'm getting paid way more than the fucking teachers are. But... <laughs> I, I had this discussion... Uh, in a way with Lilo when we were just sort of talking about just like racism racism in general and systemic uh, racism specifically and um, when I when we got into the whole topic about like our group of friends and everything because obviously her large group of, of black friends are we're in the same friend group and everything and I tried to explain to her I'm like yeah I haven't had we were talking specifically about like uh, police uh, brutality and, and negative positive experiences with the police and I, I told her I was like I haven't had any negative experiences personally with a with the police but yeah, right. I am an exception yeah and I was like also same thing probably with the group of our friends I know old ninja has had an incident but for the moment yeah but I'm like <laughs> the mo- I'm like we are our vast outliers in terms of like what black people experience in general as a, as a whole. I, I told her, I was like, I was like, we all grew up upper middle class in arguably the most richest area in the United States. Yeah. And we were all, for the most part, pretty well off. And that is not the story. I mean, we, we 
all of us have had struggles that we had to come through and, and overcome on personal levels, family, etc., professional levels. But compared to a lot of other people of color, I told her, I was like, we've, we've had it good in terms of like how it could have been. Like we didn't, we didn't grow up in the middle of, of St. Louis or, or Flint, Michigan or anything with, with parents missing or our parents weren't strung out on, on drugs, et cetera, et cetera. And have these huge, vast, crazy ass situations where we had to like leave, leave high school to raise our, our sisters and brothers or siblings, which happens daily for a lot of people of color. Yeah. But we didn't experience that. And I thought I was like, just because I didn't experience it personally, I'm not going to pretend like that didn't exist for a lot of other people. And that is not that they're not a reality and everything. Like I understand this because it wasn't my personal experience doesn't mean that it did not exist. And I, I think that it's, it's very, I like how you touched on that in terms of like how our, our inner circle group of friends, we do have in a way kind of a bubble for those that don't, if we wanted to have our heads in, down in the sand about everything going on around us, it probably could be pretty easy for us. But we obviously are well-educated and, and aware of everything going on around us to look and, and see outside of our, our personal lives and situations to, other, to understand that people have not had it as good as we have. Not to say that we're elitist or, or super privileged, but we, have had it a lot better than a lot of other people of color had it in the United States, especially across the world. Yeah, and I'll be, I'll keep it honest because, you know, I like to be honest about things. I'm not, I'm not a perfect person, all right? Everybody knows that. Um, for me, I, I think uh, it, it's, it's even more personal because I was always like, well, why don't you just, you know, do what I did? But it's also like yeah. looking back, it's like, how can you expect somebody to do what I did? You know what I mean? Like, I took a lot of fucking risks. I took a lot of risks, and I'm going down a path to where most people, they can't do it. And, and it's not because of personal flaws. It's not even just, you know, education. It's just like... Well, part of it is education, but part of it's not, because I educated myself. And I can't expect to put my own personal um, standards on somebody else. You know, that, that to me, I'm realizing now that that's ridiculous. Like, the amount of, like, material and training that I had to put myself through to, to get through, um, you know, the field that I'm in was substantial. You know, I didn't see that much, um, if any, racism or anything like that in my field. But it was all, but it was by design. When I was 11 years old, 11 years old, I knew what the fuck I wanted to do. And I stuck with it my entire goddamn life. Most people in general, it doesn't matter what fucking color you are. When you're 11 years old, you don't give. You're playing with fucking Legos and shit. And so was I. Yep. But I knew what the fuck well, I wanted to do. And well, so, even like even if you knew what you were, what you wanted to do, like if you live in a certain community, there would be somebody within your community that would tell you like, "Little Negro, you're you're not. That's never gonna happen. Like you." Yeah, I had. There's something. There'll be somebody to bring you down. Yeah, I mean, I had this the, the same deal. I mean, like people call me a fucking nerd, all this shit when I was young. You know, I talked white, all that fucking stupid ass crap bullshit that we all yeah. most probably all of us had to go through. And I was just like, fuck that. I'm working on computers. That's yep. that's gonna be my life going forward. I don't give a shit. I gotta do it. And when I was uh, 
when I was like 17, 18 years old, I realized that it was like, hey, well, I realized early on that I didn't give a shit about school. And so when I, once I got to like 17, 18, yeah. I was like, what the fuck am I going to do if I don't give a shit about school? You know what I mean? I yeah. didn't, my, my grades were, were fucking insanely low. Go ahead, Prodigy. I was just going to say really quickly, I, I hear you guys and all your stories, uh, and, I, and I, I feel like it's extremely important, at least for me, to mention a whole lot of luck. I, I talk a lot about yeah. family and background. Um, you know, I have two parent household. My, my, my dad hustled doing graveyard shifts, put him into an early grave. You know, my mom was a teacher and, and, and tried to do everything she could from an educational standpoint. But a lot of it, even with, you know, trying, uh, trying to, uh, mitigate risk and put, uh, my parents trying to put me in the best position to succeed. Some of it was luck. I owe my entire career to Kronos's mom putting in a good word for me when I was 21 years old, had zero skills whatsoever. And she put her reputation on the line to let me get an entry level job in the industry that I'm in. And I didn't even know if I was going to even like the job. I just knew I didn't want to upset Cronus's mom. And you had a and degree. I was like, you know what? You had let a me, degree. Let me try. You had a degree at yeah. the time, right? Yeah. Well, it, this was this is while I was working on it still. Oh, okay. but, but even still, it was like, again, you don't know what it means to go up to bat for someone mm -hmm. young and and maybe ambitious, maybe not. But that that lucky opportunity put me on a path twenty years later to where I, I feel fairly well established, you know? So, um, but, but, but I, I do want to say this though, once once we're, we're done with this topic, I don't want to forget the boys. Yeah, we're gonna talk about it. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, yeah so I, I think like, yeah, that has to do with it, too, with it too. I mean, like, I'll fast forward to like the shit I was gonna say. But like, wait, if you wanna talk about luck, like literally when I, I got laid off uh, back in like 2008, 2000, 2009, I got mm -hmm. laid off with a one-day notice. Blue was there, actually, when I, when I got the yeah. first, because we were watching a movie. We were watching a movie. Yeah, was it Coraline we were watching? I can't remember what it we was, were watching. I think it was uh, District 9. Oh, was it? Yeah. But that, I think so. Fucked up the whole movie for me, though, because I got a call, and it was like, well, you might get laid off, you know, in the next couple days, and, like, the next day I was like, oh, okay, I have no job anymore. Anyway. Damn. Um, I remember I got laid off, and I was, like, interviewing for jobs. And within, a, I got a, a new job within like nine days, and it ended up being going back to Iraq with people that I worked for, with before, but um, it was with uh, a skill set that I I didn't really have. I answered all their questions correctly. Like when they asked me all the questions, I was like, "Yeah, I can give you all the answers. We're good to go." And it was by a guy that I knew, but I was if I didn't say the answers right, he would, they wouldn't give me a chance. And I was like, "Listen, I, when I talked to like who was gonna be my boss, I was like." Hey, you know, I understand that, you know, I don't have, like, experience with the job that, you, that you're that you offering. Even though I answer all the, all the answers correctly, I understand that you have some hesitancy. But I was like, listen, I guarantee you if that I will get a certification in this field in three months. Yep. And if I don't get it in three months, you can just send me home. And I'll, I'll be fine with it. I have no problem with it. And he was like, okay, offer me the job. I went to Iraq. As I'm working, I'm, and I'm working 12-hour shifts every, like, six days a week. Most of the time, yep. seven days a week. 
I took the certification. Um, I got two certifications in the same fucking field within two months. Nice. That's how hard I had to work. Mm-hmm. And when somebody says you have to work like double the amount of like somebody that's Caucasian or whatever, that might be true. I just know I'm gonna work as hard as possible, at least to get fucking my ass in the door. You know what I mean? Yep. I'm gonna prove to you that I got what you need, and let's go. <laughs> yeah. Amazon. You know we love Amazon. You know they fuck with us. They do. Um, they have dropped that hot fire on us once again. God damn it! And the bo- the boys season two. We've been waiting for this. This was a golden eggplant award winner last year. Dropping September fourth. Gentlemen, what do you think of this trailer? Dude, this trailer they dropped is not PG thirteen. <laughs> no. This shit's fucking rated R. Like holy shit. As I was watching trade, I was like, oh, oh, shit, oh, what the, oh, oh, was that a head? Oh, my God, what the fuck? <laughs> this trailer was insane. Like, I've never watched a trailer that was so fucking bloody and gory and awesome and amazing at the same fucking time. It was amazing. It was good. <laughs> I, I'm excited for it. Um, I was kind of hesitant about watching the trailer because I didn't want anything to be spoiled because I knew I was going to watch it anyways. Um, but I was like, you know, I'll watch the trailer and I was just, I was just blown away. I was like, oh my God. I was like, and like you said, I was like, is that a head? I was like, oh, someone's got powers. What? What's this? What's going on? That's a new person. And I was like, I wanted to watch the trailer again and try to go and like watch every single piece of information that different. But I was like, nope, don't do it. You're going to spoil some shit for you. I'm excited. I can't wait. Um, it, lo- it looked amazing. Uh, I mean, the boys was, boys season one was absolutely great. Um, for those that haven't watched it, you you have to. It's an easy easy marathon, especially during quarantine times. I mean, it, it's it, we're gifting you with something to pass the time when you're supposed to be staying at home. If you need to watch something, watch The Boys season one. So good. Season two is coming. I can't wait. In what September? Two months from now or something? It, I can't wait. Yep, September fourth, Labor Day. Yeah, and, like um, with the trailer, we got we got to see like. They gave a little samples and snippets, but it looks like we got a few more extra characters that are added. We get to see our original cast coming back, but like, just the fucking blood and gore that's going to be in this. Because literally the first, what is it, like first five or ten minutes of the first episode of season one was like, God, like, it, it basically is, sorry, this is going to be a spoiler, but it's basically a guy and his girlfriend hanging out, and his girlfriend's on the curb, and they're all lovey-dovey, and all of a sudden his fucking girlfriend gets ex- obliterated. She just, her head and spine and blood and guts are just flying in the air. You're like, what the fuck is going on? And basically, a speedster ran through a pedestrian, and he says, sorry, just keeps on running. And you just get to see, like, how the world is from a superhero's point of view. But then again, like, you know, it's not roses and candies with superheroes. And that's what one thing that boys really, really stands out about, or they basically stick to with the story. Yeah, it's a yeah. it's a fantastic uh, show. Me and Old Ninja got to go to the red carpet <laughs> at Comic Con last year. Yeah, and that, and that was awesome. It's, it kind of sucks. I wish the whole squad was there for that because that was definitely a fucking an event to be to behold. I mean, there's a there's a lot of stuff going on. It was great. We leveled up when that happened. Mm-hmm. It was pretty cool. Um, you know what's crazy right now is that there's a, actually a new boys comic, new the boys comic. It's called Dear Becky. Ooh. It oh, oh wow! 
Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm sorry <laughs> at this one. Uh, but yeah, uh, number two came out a couple, uh, maybe last week or two weeks ago. Uh, for me, comics are, I, I don't know when comics come out right now because like literally there was like three months where I didn't pick up comics and then I picked them up and it was like, oh, but I have no idea when they came out. So the boys, okay. Dear Becky, number one could have came out fucking three months ago. I have no fucking idea. Um, yep. but I like it so far. Um, it's a little weird though because Garth Ennis, the way that he's writing, because they're in Scotland or some shit, and he writes it in like super Scotlandish fucking dialect, and it's like hard for me to read until they get back to like the boys, because it comes from like the the point of view of of, uh, of Huey, and he's in Scotland for some reason, and it's like super deep dialect and like Scottish. I'm just like, okay. I have to like slow down my reading. Yeah. You just gotta hang out with Dirty Stew some more. Okay. I guess so. Yeah, but it's like it, it, it's just hard for me to read for right now. But I can still read it. It's still interesting because it's going back to like there's some shit that's gonna go down. I think in this one, where it's gonna be probably fucked up as like the the first series because this is like twelve years after like where we're at in the boys with the the show and the original yeah. comics. So I I guess I know where the show's gonna go now. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, which I probably should have read the comics first, the, the original comics first. <laughs> but yeah, I already know where it's where now the second season is gonna go, where it should go anyway. Um, but it should be interesting. But yeah, the the, the, the trailer of the Boys season two, uh, it looked really good. It looked just as good, or if not better, than the first one. There's yes. fucking fucked up shit happening, blood and gore. You know, there's new characters. It seems interesting. There's it. There's a one scene where um, this guy who's Superman basically, where he throws he throws his son off the roof. I'm like, oh shit! <laughs> like, it's literally like a, a mom bird trying to teach her, their babies how to fly, but we don't know if if, if his kid has superpowers or not. He'll be Something just fine. If he's on V, he'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Good shit. Uh, should should we do any bees and bees, or was there any last last subjects we want to touch upon? Did you guys? Do you guys ever answer answer the question of after five years of podcasting, what is your favorite moment as a podcaster? God damn! Now, this is, I think it's been the first time all five of us been on in a while. Hmm. I'm, I go ahead. I'm like, uh, I think the um, uh, what, what the fuck is his name? The interview that we had uh, the dude from Ghostbusters, Nas. Ernie, Ernie, uh, Ernie Hudson. Ernie Hudson. Ernie, Ernie Hudson, yes. That probably was when I had this moment of just like self-realization. I'm like, dude, he's on our cast talking to us. <laughs> how the fuck did we, like, <laughs> how did we get here? And it's just like one of those things where it's just yeah. like, we were literally just in a group chat, just like bullshit about, yo, let's start a podcast. We just start a podcast. Yeah, we can do this. <laughs> All right, go buy the mics. All right, cool. Next thing we know, we're talking to Ernie Hudson or whatever. And like that's when I, I mean we've had plenty of interviews before, but with 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 Ernie Hudson it just hit me or whatever. It was like, how the fuck did we get here <laughs> or whatever? And it was just one of those like really cool things, and I was just like so appreciative and just like where you just take a moment to like reflect and like breathe it in and just be like, wow, what the fuck did we do? Dude, you know what's fucked it's up? Just, it's just really cool. No, I'm glad you brought that up. But you know what's fucked up is that when I when somebody's like, oh, you have a podcast? I'm like, yeah, you know, we got a podcast and. Um, you know, we have, we have had a lot of interviews 
They're like, well, who have you interviewed? And I'm like, you know, Ernie Hudson. And they're like, who's that? And I'm like, what the fuck? You know who the fuck on your... Have you watched what? Ghostbusters? Like, <laughs> who the fuck are you? Why are we friends? Callum was, was an, another one that I was just like, dude, I, I've been watched you for so long on, on Arrow. And I was just like, it's, and I, when you and... When Kronos and him started geeking out, I think it was, yeah. what, it was about Final Fantasy or something. Uh, yeah. And I was just like, I was just like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on? I was, like, I, was, I was like, he's not supposed to be a real person. He's supposed to be a celebrity. And, he, and Ever Kronos just like geeking out compared to about Final Fantasy. Just like they're just like two boys, like just chilling in a bar, just drinking or whatever. And it was just so fucking cool that, that, and I, I tell people that when they ask me about like, oh, I want to get into podcasting and stuff like that. I'm like, it's, it's not that hard, really, or whatever. As long as you've got a good core group of people, especially friends, and you, you can just talk and communicate with each other and have different opinions, but be able to like effectively communicate your, your viewpoints on it, all you need are microphones. <laughs> I mean, spoken as a non-engineer. <laughs> well, <laughs> Well, I know that we need microphones. You, on the other hand, have done things to set the podcast back, like deleting, deleting half of our followers, getting fucked up. Oh, Jesus Christ. So, yeah, oh, I haven't done things to mess up or set the podcast back. <laughs> go, go ahead, Blue. For me, my most iconic moment was when I interviewed Michelle Nichols. Yeah. Like, I, actually, there's two moments that I was super nervous for, but for her... I was super nervous because I couldn't threaten every time I would think of her characters in Star Trek, Aurora, I was like, fuck, how the hell do you pronounce that? Like, I'm going to have to go live with this, well, not live, but like, I'm going to go recording with this lady and I'm going to say her character's name wrong. But she was like the sweetest lady. Was, it, was, it was almost like talking to like an auntie. Like she was super sweet and kind. And even though she was, she had a diva moment before we went live because she did not want to be <laughs> where we were. <laughs> But no, like just talking to her and like let her hear her story. Like I wish, like I wish I could talk to her out, like not about Star Trek stuff. Like talk about her, like how she grew up in the past, like the stuff that she had to deal with. Like I know she was the first African American kiss or multiracial kiss seen on TV. Like it'd be interesting to talk to her now, but like if I don't know, it was so it was such an iconic moment. It's almost like talking to like a civil rights person just because she had like this huge impact on black history going forward and stuff like that. But that that moment was really stressful or really crazy, but then also like we went to San Diego Comic Con and I interviewed like the cast of um The Gifted. Just Yeah. I was super nervous about that because we had one minute to ask as many questions we have, and it was two people we had to ask questions for, and it was like, fuck, like, I want to shoot out these questions, but at the end, it was like so much fun. Like, I actually had to sit down and, like, like my endorphins were so fucking high, I had to, like, sit down and, like, chill just to kind of come down from the high that I was fucking feeling. Good so shit. So, I think you're what you got? Uh, to me, it was honestly, it was meeting John Oaks at SVVR Ooh. a few years back um, because he was like, we didn't know this at the time when we met him. We went to the SVVR like after party. So first of all, going to SVVR was insane for us because it was it's a um, it's an industry it's a Silicon Valley VR like expo. And the prices to get into that fucking expo are insane. 
It, it's a Game lot of money. money. It's thousands of dollars. And so we got in. I forget how because I think we knew like one of the PR people from like one of the other um, conventions. Yeah, went from Silicon uh, Valley Comic Con. Yeah, yeah. I forget her name, but she was cool as fuck because once we got in with her, she she would like reach out to us to like go to other conventions, and like one of them was SVR. And so we went to the after party for SVR on like I think the first or the second night. And we happened to be eating and drinking, like, watching, um, I think it was the Wave VR, like, live, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. No, it was the... Somebody was DJing live. Yeah, it was the Wave. wave. I think it was the Wave, yeah. They were DJing live on on a stage with, like, this mixer. It was a VR mixer. And we were just, like, were you guys, who else was there? Was me? Was it Blue? It was me. It was just me me and you? Yeah, you two. Okay. So we were just kind of like walking around, you know, eating and drinking, and then all of a sudden we happened to bump into. Free. What's up? I said, don't forget it was for free. Yeah, it was, well, it was free for us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but we happened to bump into one of the guys that ran the show, John Oakes. And, uh, you know, we, we talked, you know, he's a super nerd. Um, he was cool as fuck. And I asked him to, like, hey, man, can we do an interview with you on the podcast? And he was like, I'll do it, but you have to read uh, Ready Player One. Because I didn't read it. <laughs> and I was like, all right, I'll read it. And then let's, let's fucking do this. And so after that, like, that opened up a whole new, like, section of the podcast. Which is, like, kind of closed right now um, for obvious reasons. But um, to me, that was, like, very significant that somebody gave a chance to a, a relatively small podcast at the time. Um, to, like, come to the studio, which is, like, which is actually a VR fucking museum. Yep. And so I like, do the podcast at that spot. And because of that, we got to do like the the uh, AWE, which is the Augmented World Expo. We got to do the, mm-hmm. the uh, one of the... Ella Darling. Yeah, we met Ella Darling there. Um, with with the AWE thing, we also got to go to the Osterhout Group um, thing where they had like the AR, AR glasses. We had to actually tour their, their location with my brother. And it was yep. cool. It was so fucking cool. So I opened up a whole different, like, world to us that was cool as fuck. Um, we had other interviews, too, that were really good. But none of, uh, for me, meeting John Oakes, like, opened up a whole different industry to to us. And that was really fucking cool. Um, Old Ninja, did you get yours? Old Ninja, you still there? Are you muted? Oh, I'm on mute. I'm on mute. Okay. So you can hear the fan in the back. But yeah, I'm just going to say, uh, I, I just want to make it broad. I guess the entire fact that we're able to connect with celebrities, yeah. that to me, I think that opened up a new branch in my mind for our podcast because uh, the first year I got to go to Comic-Con in my entire life was weird because Literally within a few weeks, we had interviewed Dominique Provost-Shockley from um, Winona Earp. And literally, we went to Comic-Con. We saw the panel where we, uh, myself and Prodigy, got a chance to meet the entire cast. And we got to talk to the producer. And they were going to an award ceremony. And this little person comes running full speed at me. To give me a hug, and it was Dominique Provost Shockley, 
to say thank you for the gift that we gave her because we usually there's some behind the scenes shit but usually everyone that we interview we give them a little thank you and she was very 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 appreciative of it and it was so weird that this person that i actually watched on tv is giving me this huge hug and thanking me was the most bizarre experience I'll probably ever have in my life. And then that whole time I got to talk to Melanie Scafaro, who's the star of Wine and Herb. We got to talk to the producer and writer. I can't think of her name at the moment. Um, we've had our first interview with um, Dominique uh, Tipper. And we got to hear her little British voice come through the, the speakers <laughs> and whatnot, seeing her uh, just like, just crazy and meeting Kevin Garneau or Garveau, meeting... Just like he's just left and right. That was totally random. I just happened to see him during a fucking. We were trying to get yeah food. during lunch. <laughs> yeah, during, <laughs> but the, like meeting them, meeting Ella Darling, um, talking to Ernie Hudson. Um, the interviews we did at WonderCon, we met. Um, we talked to um, the actress that plays Gert on um, uh, the Runaways. We talked to one of the actresses from Star Trek Discovery. Just like. It was just really surreal that I'm literally like watching them like the day before I'm standing in front of them and like getting a chance to ask them a question or one of you guys get a chance to ask them a question. We're able to interact with them. It's been a really surreal experience for me. And I think we totally leveled up. And I told y'all from the beginning, hashtag we press. You did say that. Um, I got one. Uh... For me, I'm always going to go back to 2019. I, I had gone to Fanime a whole bunch of times, but being able to present at Fanime was fucking oh, special. Oh, yeah, that was great. Yeah. To, to, to me, it was, it was just a culmination because I remember going there a few times with all of you, and, and we'd go to panels, and we'd be like, we could do this. Why don't we have a fucking panel? And the guys would look at me like, hey, hey, uh, Prodigy, make that happen. And I was like, I don't know if I can do this, but we got a fucking panel. <laughs> um, you know, and it was a full packed house. Waifu uh, Jasmine was in there, and you know, the, well, I've talked about a million times with with Blue nearly getting gutted by the woman uh, who was in there. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, that, oh, that was great. Oh man, that was great. She was going to throw a chair at your ass, and I was here for it. I was so here for it. But um, but for me, being able to sit in front of fellow fucking weaves and like get everybody in the audience to go along with my bullshit and being uh, saying uh, Dio Brando did nothing wrong. Like that was just beautiful. I'll, I'll never forget that in my life. Yeah, like doing <laughs> doing panels is something that, to me, that, that is generally sur surreal. Yeah. Is yeah. that people, I mean, I understand that people listen to podcasts and watch the podcast. Obviously, I see the numbers all the time. When they do live events, that shit's fucking surreal too when people actually show up. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like mm -hmm. when we do panels and like live events, like it's like, it's really cool that people like, show up and they ask us questions and it's like like I remember like the first time we went to uh Cape and Cow Cape and Cow yeah yeah I was just like wow like people are here and they're like captivated to like listen to us and that's <laughs> like that's like really cool yeah and like Fanime I think Fanime last year was like probably our largest actually was that our largest yeah. one no there was another one that no. was bigger well, San Francisco yeah yeah San Francisco Comic Con that oh was, that San Francisco was Con yeah that was huge yeah. that was thick and it, and it had good. like this is what's weird is that after these panels are done, we should probably do like, I should probably leave the camera on. Is mm -hmm. that afterwards, people come up and talk to us. Like, I think for the first time we did a San Francisco Comic Con, there was at least two people that said, like, this is like, 
that was our the favorite panel that they had the whole time. Yeah. Was our panel. And I was like, holy shit, are you fucking for real? Like, <laughs> thank you so much. Like, you're listening to our bullshit. Like, that's, yeah. that is so cool. That, that That's your favorite part of this whole thing. And we've, and we've met so many cool people, though. Also, we've met Becky, Joe, Matt from Prereg. Yeah. Uh, I thought I saw him. We, 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 yeah, we met we met a uh, bunny man uh, through yeah. our panel and everything. Um, we meet. Uh, what are you? What are you fellow at the? We, we, is that the we, guy met, we, we met. We met him at anime. We met. We met our official bartender. Clay. 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 We. And it's just people like reach out to us, and I love also how we're really accessible. Where we're just like people are like, oh yeah, we want to hang out with you, buy you a drink, or whatever. We're just like, yeah, cool, let, let, let's kick it, or whatever. Chronos does a great job of, like, of putting out there, like, yo, you want to chill during SF Beer Week? Just just hit me up, we'll, we'll meet up, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So it's not like what little celebrity that we have, and, and we've let it go to our heads, and we're just like, no, nah, we can't mess with you, you, you plebes out there, or whatever like that. We're just like, yeah, come, let, let, let's hang out. We're, we're with the people. We just want to hang out, chill, and, and just talk good nerd shit and we, we love it it's, it's been a great ride one of the best feelings is when somebody who listens to the podcast recognizes you because that's happened like maybe twice so far during our whole podcast career like someone's like hey are you blue i'm like <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, it's like, yeah, like, what the fuck's going on? Like, this shit's not real. Like, Bro. I don't know who the hell I am. It happened at fucking always... Costco. It happened at Costco. That yeah. was fucking crazy to me. I was at a Costco yep. in Hayward, and, like, this uh, younger girl was just like, well, first, like, somebody was, like, watching me. Like, an older black dude. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, did I fucking do something to you? Like, what the fuck is going on here? And, like, later on, like, when I was in the checkout line. Get your line, hand out my pocket. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm about to get assassinated. And then, like, later on, uh, I was in the checkout line, and it, I guess that was the, the girl's father. Mm-hmm. And she listened to the podcast and was like, oh, my God, like, you're Cronus from Black Black Times Trinity. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that, that was close fuck to me. Yeah. I always think somebody's going to swing on me for something I've said. And I'm like, God damn it. I'm <laughs> fucked up now. I'm going to get, get gutted like a fish or they're going to throw a chair at my black ass. Get, one, get. <laughs> one thing I love doing is that, like, you know, we do all the beer fests and stuff. And, like, I always, I make so many friends. And I try to, I, I take people's, I literally take people's phones out and I'll put in their, our podcast. But I, I, like, I love giving people a shout out too. Like, anybody who I met and who I, like, introduced to the show, I give them a shout out on the podcast. Like, it's, like, I have to, like, make sure I write it in my phone because I almost like to forget. But, like, I love getting shout out to people. I, I, I love the fact that we gave a reluctant uh, shout out after Fanime. We were just like, hey, fuck the one person who sent us a, a nasty ass e- <laughs> email <laughs> afterwards. We'll mention you this one time, but fuck you forever. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, hold on. And this is also, we didn't even talk about the person that wrote a goddamn thesis on podcast. Oh, yeah. Our, oh, and we didn't. Um, which, Prodigy, you read this, didn't yeah, you? It's like a I read it too. It was good. Yeah. Um, and there was somebody else that did something too that was just like totally random. It was just like, wow, you know. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, they they sent you a comic, right? Didn't they send a, a uh, yes. comic to the podcast? Uh, so, God damn it, I forget his fucking name. One. No, it's only just like the, the comic was cool, but it was the it was the letter, and it was yeah. the, the letter like I was. I teared up a little bit, all right? I keep it 100. Like, I teared up when I was reading this 
the letter that, that well, he yeah, wrote. It was, I, it was like it was a guy who I basically he kind of didn't know what to do with his life, but from listening to the podcast, he was like he, he decided to change his life around. Like he talked about how he got into like engineering or stuff like that, and like he got certified in different programs. And oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah that was. I remember that one. Yeah, that one, the thesis paper too, because that person, that person did their thesis because they came to our panel. No, 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 that's, yeah. the, that's a different person. The, the person that we're talking about from the comic, that he didn't write a thesis. No, no, oh, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm trying to, sorry, I, I went back to the thesis person. Okay, okay. But yeah, that person came to one of our panels because they didn't know what to write about. And because of our panel, gave them the imp- inspiration to write their thesis paper. And then the guy who the guy who did um, it's right here. The guy who did the engineering thing, he he talked about Cronus because he said a lot of what Cronus did or about his life helped him choose that path to do like engineering because he didn't go to school like Cronus didn't and he didn't know what to do and he's like, "Well, I'm going to do what kind of what Cronus did. I'm just going to go to vacationing school and see what happens." And he said he got into it and he liked it and he Wrote a thank you letter. Yeah, so the guy's, the guy's name is Sol Ronin, and I'm not going to read his letter because it's really I mean, long. We talked about it before, and it's long. No, but it's it's really cool. But he got Trad Moore to sign Silver Surfer Black oh, Number yeah. One. Oh, and yeah, the reason yeah. why it's right here next to me is because the Infinity Base is still get, it's almost done. But this yeah. and your letter is getting mounted in the Infinity Base. Fuck yeah! Like, seriously, it is. Fuck yeah! And it's like that's why I keep your letter in here. Is because I'm going to mount it in the Infinity Base. Thank you. That was like See? this is the coolest gift that we've ever got. I'm, I'm pretty sure this is the coolest yeah. gift, gift that I've ever got on the podcast. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I've only gotten random helicopter dick pics. That's it. You know? <laughs> um, I thought you were the one sending those. That's why someone's going to swing on you. Oh, that's right. That's, 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 that's how that works. The only reason why this question was on the podcast for that reason, yeah, it's because we've actually been doing our podcast for a little bit more than five years, so this was the question that was asked to find out, like, what's our favorite moment this far? Like, it's half a decade, so it's just kind of Time's looking back see where we came from and see what we've done and what we plan on going to the future, but right now with the coronavirus out there, who fucking knows? Well, I mean, and, and, after, and honestly, after the Infinity Base is done, you're going to get more content. Like, I was giving out we collectively are giving out more content over the past like month um, and it kind of dropped off but I'm going to start giving out more after the Infinity Base is done and actually tomorrow I'm going to record uh, a really cool podcast with uh, somebody that me and Blue both know I'm going to I'm going to interview somebody that Blue went to the senior prom with <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. no, no, wait, it, wasn't, it wasn't senior prom it was, it was still junior? junior prom okay yeah. no. I didn't know about. Yeah. It's gonna be live because I got so many questions. <laughs> <laughs> she's married with kids. I would ask about the she's she's been like a huge activist for I'm not sure activist is a word, but she's, she's been she's really an pushing the whole yeah. Black Life Matter thing, so it'd be kinda of cool to see her point of view because she's been through a lot of shit, which is fucking sad, but you know, she's definitely there for people she's Caucasian. But like to see her like the stuff that she posts on Facebook, it's like wow, like she she's she's fucking getting it. Good. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait to hear it. Well, because I reached out to her because I was like, hey, have you? Because I she goes so she goes hard as fuck against racists on Facebook, and yeah. 
it's just well, I'll tell some stories on the other podcast, but it's uh it's been really cool to see. And I was like, hey, have you read like these certain books? And like one of them, she was like yes, and the other one, she was like no. But I think she's reading it like the one she said no to now. Mm-hmm. And so we're gonna talk about one of the books tomorrow, and then just like talk about like her whole journey because, from what I understand, like her family wasn't like the greatest towards black people. Yeah. Like growing up, so from what I read. That's cool. And so I want to talk about like her her whole journey of like kind of waking up against like this racist shit. She was, she was always a sweet girl back in high school. Like, she was like the coolest person to hang out with. Like, the fact that I asked her to prom and she said yes was like, wow. <laughs> like, this is actually happening. <laughs> That's awesome. Guys, we, 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 gotta, we gotta wrap this one up, though. You do? What are you talking about? I got time. Oh, I'm just kidding. It's all good. I gotta, I gotta wake up early, too. <laughs> yeah, everybody does. Uh, let, let's do a real quick uh, what we got populating or recommending this week. Blue Star with you. Um, I'm con- I'm continuing my 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 journey of certification. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of, like what uh, what Conan said earlier about like you know he wanted to be in computers growing up and I kind of wanted to do the same thing and I kind of fell off the track. But I'm definitely on that same rail right now and the stuff I wanted to learn and knowing it now is like wow like the shit's it's crazy. The stuff I should have known is like wow like. I feel so informed and I feel I can do a lot of stuff already, but you know, I'm definitely going to continue that journey and to get my certification in certain degrees and areas. Um, but other than that, um, I gotta, there's some stuff I'm helping somebody who they're selling their house. So I'm helping to do a, a, a couple of home improvement stuff, but uh, one thing I just wanted to touch on real quick. So the, the story I told about earlier about the sweetness and the, the white family, the joke, that thing, she didn't, she didn't post that to say, like, she didn't go through that same thing that I did, like, you know, being a kid of color, getting away with stuff, like, she had to go through that same shit, but she just thought it was funny because of the way the guy portrayed it, but for me, I still didn't think it was funny, but I just wanted to make that clear that she, she lived that same lifestyle as I did, so I wanted to clarify that. Clarify she sent that. you a text, she sent you a, a text to clean that story up, didn't she? While you were on the air, I knew it. Right. <laughs> She's out there with a knife. Like I'm gonna stab you, motherfucker. <laughs> Stitch, what you got? Uh, just pretty much just chilling, staying home. Uh, obviously, um, baby storm. She's been enjoying the hot weather and been playing in her little mini inflatable pool, which has been awesome. Because uh, it's important to teach your black children how to swim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't know where that stereotype came from and all that stuff, but teaching to swim oh, is right. important. The, hold on, the stereotype, as far as I've seen when I was in the Marine Corps, <laughs> holy shit, if it's not 80% true, it's probably 90% true. Because like, listen, when yeah. I went to fucking swim call when I was in the Marine Corps, so many fucking African Americans could not swim. Like, motherfucker, why'd you join the Marine Corps? Well, you don't know what the fuck <laughs> Marine means? Why can't you fucking swim? Yeah. I, I can't even because I almost drowned at like raging waters because like I it was like it's supposed to be a water slide part <laughs> so I go down the side and then you don't realize that it's a big ass pool at the bottom where your feet can't touch the water so the lifeguard <laughs> had to come yank me up out the water so teach your children how to swim it's important um, other than that uh, playing Daisy again Daisy is really fun they did a, a patch to to help with building base really cool and um, also. 
Um, I'm probably going to probably talk about it next week, what's going on, I guess, with the Oakland Zoo. The Oakland Zoo is in a lot of trouble financially. Oh, yeah. And um, I've talked about it before. It's one of my absolute favorite zoos I've been to. I mean, I'm more of a San Francisco versus Oakland guy. I lean towards San Francisco and a lot of stuff. The Oakland Zoo, like I said before, is the bomb. The Oakland Zoo is amazing. It was renovated years back, and it's it's amazing. And a lot of people that are just like, oh, I don't like to see zoo uh, animals locked up. They have not been to the Oakland Zoo because that thing is <laughs> ridiculous. It's like the... You, I didn't even realize that there was that much open space in the Bay Area where they just were just like, yeah, we, we're taking all this mountain area over here and you're going to have to take a sky tram to get to it and we're just going to let the animals just roam free over all over in that shit. So they're going through a lot of troubles right now financially as a lot of businesses are. And I saw something today how um, if you want to donate like bread and like fruits and vegetables yeah. that like aren't, that aren't like uh, rotten, they're taking those items to help like feed some of like the buffaloes and stuff like Jesus that. Christ. But don't do some Joe don't do some Joe Exotic Walmart <laughs> run me. <laughs> yeah. So uh hopefully oh, that gets back on track because I, I really I've been to zoos a bunch of times and we've talked about it on the cast and I would really love to bring my daughter to the Oakland Zoo. And so I hope that they make it through this uh, tough period. Yeah, the thing is kind of think back off what you said, uh it's just, if you have like a, I guess if you have like a fruit tree, and like say like some of the fruits kind of go bad, like they will come and like pluck the fruit off your tree for it to be able to use that for the animals. That's awesome. Yeah. Cornus, what you got? Uh, damn, just that was a really good message. I mean, <laughs> seriously, we can do some positive work in this world. Apparently, um, what do I have going on? Uh. I'm trying to think what's coming up. I, I'm finally getting back into comics because I talked about before. I had to stop getting comics for a while because of COVID-19 and now I'm getting them. But I have to like, I have to delay any comic book reading by a week because I have to, when I get comics, I have to let them sit somewhere for at least two days. And then, you know, the next week, then I'll read them. You know, and I'm already behind and I'm caught up on... Batman, except for this week, because I it just got in and I have to wait a week to fucking read it. But uh, I'm trying to catch up. You know, I, I started reading the boys, um, a bunch of other comics. I, I need to catch back up with Marvel, uh, and that's been a it, it's been good to, to catch back up with, with comics again. Um, finishing The Last of Us two that that was great, but now I'm playing uh, Saints Row the Third, nice. the remastered version for the PS4. Mm -hmm. um, you know what's crazy? This game is more glitchy than the one on PS3. Oh. Yeah. Hunter, yeah. Like, I, I'm not even going to lie. It's still enjoyable to play. It's still fun. But there's still times where I'm, like, hitting glitches. I'm like, how am I hitting glitches in a game that was made fucking eight years ago? Not when I eight years ago. Maybe it was, like, seven years ago? It was a while ago. Yeah. And I'm like, this is, this is kind of fucked up. Like, anyway, that's... I think that's all I got. Yeah, that's all I got. Okay. Uh, Old Ninja, what you got? So, I just finished Fallen Order yesterday. Ooh. So, that's one off my list of, like, growing games that I got. Um, I'm going to try to either... I, I've been on this Resident Evil fix, so I'm probably going to go and do Resident Evil 2, then 3, then 7. So, we'll see if that works out. But I'm also on my uh, second playthrough with Swole Labby. Say her <laughs> name. 
and then just catching up on shows. There's all these shows that, like, we had talked about or whatnot, but, like, for instance, uh, Winona Earp, season four starts the end of the month. Oh, and, nice. like, all three seasons are on Netflix. So yeah. I got some catching up to do. Um, I, I'm behind on The Expanse and a bunch of other shows, so I'm trying to slowly catch up on some of that kind of stuff. And then um, I don't think I'm going out of town again. I'm trying to stay out of jail and then because uh, some shit happened over the weekend that could have landed me in jail, but it worked out. So, other than that, I'm still here for it, still doing the thing. So still killing if, if, as long as you you aren't uh, homies with Mr. Wizard from uh, Evil Online, I think you'll be all good. No, 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 no. It's basically like stuff that California doesn't allow. I actually had access to, and they're like, "Hey, what are you doing with this?" I'm like, "What are you talking about?" And so <laughs> we went off from there. What you Love got in your fire. pocket? No. <laughs> um, I'm gonna take it. Uh, I am gonna try to finally finish off Persona 5 because uh, it's a really re- great game. It literally plays just like an anime. Uh, it's certainly a weed game, but it, it is fun as fuck. A really good JRPG. Um, still working my way. Made it past uh, Water 7 and Endless Landing in uh, One Piece. I'm still going to be the fucking Pirate King, so I'm in the 330s now uh, doing that weeb shit. And there's one new weeb recommendation that uh, Uncle Prodigy has for y'all. Uh, the God of High School had a pilot oh. uh, had a pilot on Crunchyroll. It's not etchy or hentai enough, like interspecies <laughs> reviewers. Oh my god! But, but it's action. It's action packed. Good premise. Lots of fighting on motorcycles, and it, it's a true martial arts fighting anime. And it's so. made by Crunchyroll. It's worth checking out. There's only one episode out so far. This one may be a, a, a 2020 hit. And we so, need all the hits we can get. Actually, I heard this actually was pretty good. This is getting a lot of positive reviews, and there's a lot of buzz on this. So this might be one that I actually check out. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I hope they have some horse fucking in it, though. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, Jesus Christ. Christ. So anyway. Christ. For, for yeah. the culture. For so the now, culture. now we're getting pulled from YouTube. Thanks, Prodigy. <laughs> you, you need to check out BNA on Netflix. That show is the PG-13 version of uh, BNA. Stars. <laughs> you mean they got they got uh, Judy Hops, slutty Judy Hops doing some fucking? Oh, we got we got a raccoon and a fox, or no, a raccoon and a wolf. I'm there. Take it out. Damn. Right, take, us, take us out here. <laughs> All right, use this experience. Black and the Black Times Infinity. Check us out. Check us out on the internet, everywhere, with B the BTI, B-T-H-A-N, B-T-I. Check out our official website, binheadproduction.com, forward slash B the BTI. We're on everywhere, anywhere you can listen to podcasts, except for iHeartRadio. We're on Spotify, SoundCloud, uh, Stitcher, Player Wait, FM, we're not on iHeart and Radio? Amazon. Eh? We're not on iHeartRadio? Not that I am aware of. I, think I don't think for, we show up. I think, did they have podcasts? Yeah, they they claim to be the number one outlet for podcasts. Well, we need to rectify. I fucking it. seriously doubt that, but yeah, we can definitely get on that. <laughs> yeah, let's go. We'll make that happen. And then check us out also on Apple Podcasts. We're on there as well. Ski Everywhere. ski. Watch Harley Quinn. Abby's still on that pole. <laughs> Abby's still swole. <laughs> <laughs> she was was swole. She still got bigger arms. She still got bigger arms than you.
used to. Alright, we're out of here. God damn. That was crazy.